Upset. So uh, we got ourselves another USAPL Raw Nationals wraps up. Um, had some surprises. Had some um, people jockeying for position. And uh, and what what was your thoughts? Some quick takeaways here for myself. Um, I mean, the, some of the battles lived up. Some of them transpired just like we thought they would. And then some of them, I mean, we had some, we had some takeaways. We had some reason to look towards the future for some battles. Uh, for instance, off the top of my head, and we could go division by division, but um, the battle of the seventy fours left a lot to look at the future. <laughs> you know, uh, the battle of seventy fours looks like it's going to be tight. Um, we had the Russell Orhi situation, some people calling depth was going to be an issue. Russell came on the podcast said it absolutely is not. <laughs> and then you know it, as it plays out it absolutely was and um, then Russell hit me up immediately afterwards and said hey listen when I came on the podcast I told you I'm, I'm going to come on afterwards and we're going to address this again and he's like I'm not running he's like I'll come back we'll discuss it so Russell's going to come back he's owning it that's what a champ does um, I mean yeah there, there's a lot to digest a lot to unpack so maybe we'll take it division by division Okay. And um, I'm thinking maybe start with the men's side and then shift to the women's. What do you think? Sure. That's okay. Uh, so right off the top, let me get this out of the way, a little house cleaning. Quick shout out to our sponsors, FusionMuscle.com. Uh, go to FusionMuscle.com for all your supplements. Um, and I mean, they got everything from creatine, multivitamins, pre-workouts. Use promo code KOTL25. Save 25% on your supplements and they drop them off right at your house. Don't be crazy and get in your car and drive and waste time, right? <laughs> or pay full price. Um, so, my man, let's start off with uh, the smaller gentleman. The 59 kilos, and um, I'm just scrolling down. I have the actually have the uh, results up here. And Charlie Yen, is that how you pronounce his last name? Do you know? Indeed. And I and I call and I called this one. You did. Now here, here's the caveat, okay? I had said, um, <laughs> I had said that Cole Metz looked like he was on death's door in Sweden. Uh, I mean, it was, I was shocked. We were both shocked that he signed up for 59 kilo again. Yeah. I swear to God, the guy, the guy looked like, like he, 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 would, he looked like he was a, an extra off of the walking dead. The, the man was his own. <laughs> um, and when Dennis came, usually, you know, like if you're Ricky Cho, for instance, a little preview here, a little, little, little foreshadowing, but you get bigger and bigger when you have a big weight cut. And Ricky chose a big 74. If it's a reasonable weight cut, you get bigger and bigger as the meat goes. And by the time deadlifts rolls around, hey, fellas, guess what? I'm actually a division higher than everybody else. Watch what I'm about to do. But Cole had cut so much in Sweden, that couldn't even save him. It doesn't matter. You wait in two hours before the start time. Two hours later, you're deadlifting. By the time deadlifts rolled around, he, st- he was so dehydrated still the man was throwing up on the platform, and um, I mean, he came in, whatever he did, he wasn't having a good day. So I was shocked, and I remember I said, I'm, I'll pick him if he can make it, but I was saying, Charlie looks good if he can't, if Cole can't show up. Right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to claim this one as well. <laughs> That's a long story yeah. short. I, I, never, I never actually laid eyes on Cole, but the word on the street from another trusted source is that he uh, he came within 0.9 kilos and then just shut it down. He couldn't make it. Yeah. So 
and just pretty much, you know, called it, you know, right there, and, and that was it. So, yeah, I mean, and, and Charlie went out and uh, executed like a champ, went nine for nine, and it really wasn't even close. So and let's, um, and let's talk about Charlie for a minute. This guy's 20, 2-0, 20 years old, 6-15, just for uh, purposes of perspective. Sergey Fedoshenko, who is just dominating 59 kilo and, and running a dynasty, that's 30 kilo behind. Now, Fedoshenko has been on top forever. His rate of progression, his rate of adaptation to get stronger and stronger, I mean, we don't know if it's going to continue or if he's even going to start sliding back eventually. He started missing yeah. lifts in Sweden. He was missing lifts. on a, He wasn't really getting pushed or opposed and still was missing lifts in Sweden. Whereas Charlie, 20 years old, 20 kilo behind. Look, we're talking October. By the time next June rolls around, and he's 21. I thought you were going to hit me with a bicep flex right there. <laughs> Matt's getting all wound up. But um, you got a little patriotic on me for a second there. But, yeah. um, but uh, you got to think, and I don't want to put too much pressure. I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. We got several preview shows before we do that one. But just looking ahead for a second there, my man Charlie, you might be, he might be the future. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, he, uh, I'm not sure. I think he, he does his own training. But Joe Stanek was his game day coach, and uh, you know, and Joe's uh, capable and and put together a good plan and called great numbers, and and I mean, you saw the outcome. I mean, yeah. it was like a run, a runaway freight train, yeah. And uh, and it wasn't even close. And I know that uh, you know Fedosienko has uh, the world record total, obviously, uh, which he did in Colleen, Texas. So his you know at six sixty nine and a half. Uh, but again, that was in Colleen in two thousand sixteen. And, you know, what's to say that, you know, Fedosienko isn't, hasn't reached his peak? I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's more in the tank for him as well. His total, as you said, in Sweden was way down from there. Mm-hmm. So, look, it makes for good, it makes for good theater uh, going into Belarus, potentially. Potentially. I mean, who knows? But also, yeah. Charlie's 20, so eventually, like, there's an age gap. You could yeah. see, as long as he can maintain, and there's another shout to Cole Metz, as long as he can maintain that size, which is not easy for these gentlemen. At 20 years old, you weigh that. A few years down the road, who knows where he's at. Now, he yeah. might be, end up being a 66 kilo, which is a nice little segue to our man, uh, Rodrigo Manzo, who is now the Manzo in the 66 kilo class. Um, a bit of an upset there. Now, I knew he was going to be good. But I didn't pick him. I thought Jonathan Garcia was going to be the man to take the 66s. And, um, and he came in close. I mean, he's a close silver. But uh, we had a bit. I don't, know, I don't know if it was a straight-up upset. But I think he only missed his last lift. Yeah, the last deadlift. And finished off with a 670. What were your thoughts there at the 66 kilo? Yeah, you know what? Forgive my faux pas because I actually got that wrong uh, when I said that Joe Stanek handled Charlie Yang. I believe it, it was he handled Rodrigo's Manzo. I know so, he did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my my apologies. I got I got that one wrong. Uh, yeah, so so Joe handled Rodrigo, and I do think that Rodrigo does his own training. Uh, but yeah, to your point, man, that was. Uh, I mean, he put together a nice package and um, and had it wrapped up there. By the uh, by, the second deadlift. I mean, he was eight for eight. Jonathan was uh, had only missed his third squat and was seven for eight. So Jonathan was within striking distance and put what he needed, uh, you know, to push Rodrigo on that third. Uh, he put what he needed on the bar for that third pull. 
but Jonathan couldn't couldn't pull it together on that third one. So by that time, you know, uh, I think Rodrigo just went for broke. I mean, he took a big jump and went for the record on that on that third deadlift. But uh, but yeah, that was a tight battle. I mean, it was a four and a half kilo separation there at, at results. So um, it's it's good to see. I mean, you know, obviously with without Charles Ocpoco in the mix, you know, we knew that it was going to be up for grabs, and we knew that you know it, it could come down to whoever put together their best day, and, and, and Rod, Rodrigo came through. And here's, to that effect, you see Rodrigo 670, and you're thinking, well, in Sweden, that wouldn't get him a medal. It would be off the podium. Well, every competition is different, and you got to look at it that way, because like you said, he took a massive jump just for the sake of, hey, look, I think I got this locked up. We got room yep. to play. Let's rock and roll. If he decided, we're not, we're not doing that, we're going to add to the total, he could have took sure. a more conservative jump, threw another 10 kilo on there, and he absolutely would have been on the podium in Sweden. And uh, a year from now, God knows where he's going to be at once again. To the effect of uh, Joe Sten, um, who listens to the preview shows, he yeah. was sure to shoot me that message. He'd be like, hey, my man came in first, and just so you know, you picked him for third. Like, you yeah. picked him for third. <laughs> I was like, all right, all right. I, yeah. I, I got some shade thrown at me. Okay, I deserve that one. Yeah, I mean, look, we're we're fair enough. I mean, we're not we're not beyond criticism. We we clearly don't get it right every time. Hey, uh, we got the podium so, right. We just get, didn't get the medals right. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's I'm, tough. I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm going to eat some crow when we get to the eighty threes. I'm I'm ready. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It is so hard. Um, I hate when if you listen to a podcast and the people are afraid to make a pick and they they you know tiptoe around it. Make the pick. Put yourself yeah. out there. Not only do the viewers appreciate, I get it. We put ourselves in a situation where some lifters could be upset with your pick. Some lifters can't wait to rub it in your face. You got it wrong. But that's all part of the game. That is all part of the game, right? You have to. Otherwise, um, what are we talking about? We don't have ESPN. We only got us. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. Now, having said that, um, moving on to the 74s. And I had said, I think the 74s for me was one of the battles that I was most excited to see. Um, I think the future in terms of 74, 74 is probably the hottest, it's going to be the hottest division in 2020. Uh, they have, not only do they have stars, one through 10, but everybody is a personality. I, yeah. I, let me say something. First off, a little bit of controversy here. Um, who do you think had the better hair? Michael C. or Taylor Atwood? Because <laughs> I tell you what, and, and we are not the two guys to be doing this debate. <laughs> we, okay. we, we, we are not. But maybe maybe we are because we can appreciate. But yeah. um, I had some, I posted up who had better hair because I think we might have had an upset. And I had a couple dudes, uh, a couple black dudes, like Russell Laurie said, listen, you guys don't understand. You just do a part. You throw some product in there. You don't know what it takes to do a, a waves like that. That yes. is thousands of brushes, my friend. That is work. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and you know what? Hey, fair play. I had a couple dudes reach out. But I don't think you dudes realize it's not like a white dude who parts his hair. These, are, these waves are, now that's work, my man. And that was a thing of beauty. So I'm swayed. And let me just say, and I know this is controversial because my man has been the hair king and power of the thing. I think we got a new king. <laughs> I think we got a new king. I'm going to take it there. Um, what do you think? Fair enough, man. I'm, like you said, I mean, I, I'm actually bald by choice. I can, I can, I can grow a full head of hair. Well, there you um, go. But just, but just choose not to do so. Can you get waves um, like that though? No. 
Wait for days surfing. Now, my my hair would would not look as good as either of those two gentlemen. Let me just put it that way. Okay. So yeah. who, who's your pick for the better hair? I'm not letting you off the hook. I need I need an answer. Yeah. Well, I, I go with Taylor only simply because because we'll split yeah. we'll split the tie then. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. I'll, right. I'll, I'll I'll just be different just because. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, um, the 74s, for me, um, a couple things off the top I want to say. Here's why I think the 74s lived up. Yes, Taylor won. We kind of all knew Taylor was going to win. Yep. But what made the drama for me was, um, first off, Michael C., not only he had great hair, that man, what he did in the squat, what Aston Perkins did in the squat, Taylor got out-squatted. Out and it was, and, and then not only did he get out-squatted by one gentleman, being Michael C., but Perkins, toe-to-toe with Taylor, these fellas are neck and neck with the king. And all for the first time, you're like, wow. This is, this is, this is, this, it didn't feel the same. Moving into the bench press, yep. Taylor's getting out bench press. And Michael C., phenomenal bench press that he had. Perkins yep. still building his total. And it's like, you could feel the vibe where, I mean, if you're reading the comments, people are like, wow, this, this kid, and I say kid, I believe he's still he's the, he's the current junior world champion. He's a junior, you know. The, yeah, he was. The, yeah, he was born in '96. The future is bright, man. I got a pair of shoes older than that. You know, yep. like the future is bright for this man. And um, and Perkins, uh, everything like the, the drama just in that subtotal. And then um, and Ricky Cho in the in the squat and the bench. Oh no, Ricky's falling behind again in the comments. And and I love drama. I love some plot twists. The comments were like. Oh, we still love you, Ricky. It was like consolation already. Being like, don't worry, Ricky. It doesn't matter. You know, you just... They, they already consolation. I mean, here's what makes a good movie and what makes a good story. Mm-hmm. Is plot twists, changing a momentum, uncertain future, what's going to happen. So, um, again, Ricky cuts a lot of weight. And as the meat goes strong, meat goes on, my man is like that monster who starts growing in size. You saw him earlier in the day in squats. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, he's not as big as I thought he's going to be. You see him by the time Dennis rolling around, like, my man, were you here a day early? The 83s are tomorrow. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So Dennis rolls around, and um, obviously we saw what happened with Michael. A massive, you know, muscle cramps up. He had muscle cramping. Everyone thought... The way his his second bench moved, he's going to take a much bigger third bench. And he said the muscle cramping on the second bench was phenomenal. And by the time he got the third bench, he was like, oh, my God, I don't think I could do it. He put two kilo on. The way 198 moved was a joke. Yeah, let me put a clarification on that. Uh, every Obviously, everything is, that Michael said was true. Uh, I believe when he came off the platform after that 198, which he destroyed. destroyed. I mean, that looked – crushed it. Looked fantastic. I mean, when I when I saw the way that it moved, I'm thinking, man, he's got between five and probably seven and a half yeah. kilos left. So, and and being that that was the American record, he could name his number for his third. You know, again, using the chip to his advantage or what have you. Uh, uh, but what happened was, is I think there was a little bit of commotion, him coming off the platform, and and as you said, he was probably already starting to cramp at that time, wasn't feeling well. And there was some confusion between he and his handler. Long story short, they didn't get the attempt in on time. Mm. And so what happens is, by rule, uh, and this is written into the IPF rule books, but not USAPL quite yet, but they're going to make an amendment and update that soon. I just heard from the the technical chairman who's going to rewrite the rules. By rule, what happens is, is if you don't report to the scores table after a make, 
you automatically get increased 2.5 kilos. Being that that was a record, you do not get the advantage of then having also a chip. So it goes to the next whole number. Gotcha. So his bench was automatically increased to 200, and then he went out and missed it badly, and, and presumably that was because, you know, he couldn't get the leg drive, he was cramping up, et cetera, because everybody in the house thought, you know, wow, the 198, the 198 moved so well, 200, you know, what, what's the deal? Well, it was because of time issue. They didn't get an attempt in on time. They automatically moved him to 200, and then, of course, his body, you know, failed him, and that was the reason for missing the third one. And it proved to be academic. I mean, you could see why they probably did miss getting attempted in a time because he probably came off the platform was like, we got problems. And there was yep. immediate concern. And there should be immediate concern because that was literally the last lift he got. Like He got his dead opener, which was an empty bar. So yeah. the concern was probably DEF CON, whatever. And um, so, yeah, I guess they probably didn't get it. In, and it proved to be totally academic. 198 murdered it. Two, yep. two kilo more, and my man, yeah. not, a, not a hope. But having yeah. said that, um, I mean, just in terms of storytelling and more further drama and, and plot twists and shifting the momentum, it makes it entertaining. Uh, obviously, no one wants to see, I mean, he's okay. And, and, and it makes it, just for in terms of his storytelling, everybody now can't wait because everyone saw how amazing his deadlift was moving and training. And everyone said leading into this, his deadlift is, is going to be his Achilles heel. Didn't look like it in training. Didn't mm -hmm. look like a training. He was like, wait until you see my package when I hit the deadlifts. Didn't get to see it. And that makes me and everyone else more hungry. I'm sure. more hungry for more. Now people walk away, whether he wouldn't have won or would have won gold, some people walk away saying, my man was on pace to win it. And that makes it even better. Leave him it, Yeah, it, it certainly would have been interesting. If I recall correctly, I think the opener that he had originally had submitted was 277 and a half. So for the Americans listening, that's 611 pounds. Or, uh, so, yeah, 277.5. And, you know, that's a good substantial, you know, that's 17 and a half behind where Taylor was opening. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I mean, look, if, if things would have held true to form, uh, we, we assume that Taylor, you know, would have had enough in the deadlift because Taylor's an excellent deadlifter. But to your point, the gap is closing. It, and, and, it, and, and that makes it exciting. And... Nobody upon nobody wishes that upon Michael. I mean, none of us wanted to see that. It was actually, you know, it was disheartening and deflating because you're like, damn, you know, now we've lost one of the chief combatants in the deadlift. But shout out to him, man, uh, for having the guts and the fortitude to step out there. I mean, literally like limp out on the platform because he was cramping so bad to pick up the bar and collars, the 25 kilos to secure the American record squat and the American record bench. And, and look, that's what you do. You're a warrior and you're in the fight. And if you literally, if you have a leg to stand on, yeah. you, walk out, you, you walk out there and you take the bar and collars and lock it out and say, thank you. I'll take my American records and just register a total. And he did the, and he did the right thing. So kudos to Michael. I'm sorry that that happened to him, uh, but kudos to him. And, and now he's got the American record total in both the squat and the bench. And to your point, has planted these seeds of, uh, you know, hey, I'm closing the gap, man. Don't forget about me. No, it's, you know what, like, more than likely, um, Taylor was, was going, like, in terms of the full package, my man is the full package Taylor. But if you are Michael, if it was destined to not take the gold, 
this is almost because for for a guy like Michael, it's it's kind of gold or bust in a lot of ways for him. He's like, look at me, I want to take a shot at the king. Yeah, this leaves it question marks. You know, this leaves it's that in terms of a plot line. Look at when when next U.S. the U.S. Raw Nationals were around twenty twenty. He's a year older. He's a year yeah. better, and we saw yeah. what he did in twenty nineteen. My friend, this is the perfect setup. I can't. You know, I want to get ahead of myself, but this yeah. is I, it's going to be bonkers. To that effect, to the other gentleman. Now, while and I'll get to Perkins in a second. Um, while he faltered at the deadlifts when the deadlift event came, all of a sudden, in the storytelling shifts. And Ricky, who who was another gentleman on a preview show, one of the top four big guns in this division, who had been, had shaky, you know, I mean, he, he was decent squat, decent bench, but I think he was expecting more. Um, all of a sudden, comes to life, and the fellas in the comments who were like, don't worry, Ricky, we still love you, are now like, oh, no, my man is making a Titanic, literally historic run, all the way up to the last dead. 74 yep. kilo lifter loading 700 pounds, 318 kilo. Just for perspective here, the first time in the U.S. we had ever seen a 74 kilo lifter deadlift into the 700s is my man Ricky right. Cho. Not only taking a world record, or sorry, a national record, but being a first is always big. Everyone yep. remembers the first. He is the first to do it. And it also puts him onto the podium, pulls himself into a bronze medal, throws it around his neck. And this is the changing of tides where some stories, oh, it's heartbreaking this. But when some guys, one guy's heartbreak is another guy's door swings open for his triumph. And that's the beauty of sports where we all feel for Michael, even though he had a phenomenal show. He had a couple American records. Hey, I'm sure he's okay. But then the door swings open for a redemption story for a guy like Ricky come to dead's. And that's the beauty of sports and storytelling. When people say, isn't it a shame? I'm like, on small micro levels, sure. But as a whole, I think it's a beautiful, just analogy for life. And in terms of storytelling, it was it was crazy exciting. Yeah, I mean, I so I called this finish on, on the preview show. I, I got it right. I said Atwood, Perkins, and Cho. Now, look, in, in fairness, the only reason I got it right was because of the unfortunate, you know, events that occurred for Michael. Because Michael was clearly on pace to probably come in second behind Taylor. Or, you know what I mean? I mean, if if, if things would have held true to, to form and true to serve or what have you, it, it more than likely would have been Taylor pulling last, obviously. And, 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 and Michael presumably taking second. Perhaps Ricky would have, uh, you know, been knocked off the podium. So I just got lucky in terms of calling it that way. I'm not claiming, you know, wizardry or anything like no, that. You knew, you I mean, knew. Michael's, uh, Michael's sodium <laughs> levels are off. I can tell no. in his last training video. I don't like his electrolyte levels. He's going to cramp up. You knew. No, you knew. I, I just totally got lucky. Also, what wasn't revealed, and 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 uh, and and I knew a little bit of this going in, but but didn't want to reveal anything on the preview show, and, and out of respect for the lifter. So Taylor also... Uh, a couple weeks out from the competition, suffered a mild adductor strain. Now, that's not, we're not making, I'm not making an excuse for Taylor. I mean, hell, he still squatted a PB. That was still a PB for him. uh, Although, if you watch closely on the live stream and you see his third uh, attempt, he's grimacing almost a a little bit more than usual. You can tell it's a little bit of a painful face. And his... uh, his, his movement pattern changed slightly. So his squats looked slightly different. 
and 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 I know that he was a little bit guarded uh, that day. But again, hey, look, he went three for three, uh, with, you know, with a mild abductor issue, and 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 still, you know, held on there. And and I mean, you know, credit goes to him. I mean, you got like you said, eventually you got to come and knock out the champ. And yeah. I know that these, I know that these guys, Perkins and Cho and Tran and you know and, and Michael, all of them. They they want Taylor, I think, you know, in their heart of hearts to stick around long enough so that they can say, you know, I'm the one who took yeah. who, who took down the king. It does look it. Um it does mean something to take the title off the reigning champ. Especially yeah. when he's becoming Taylor's becoming iconic at this point. Oh, he, yeah. He's the king of powerlifting. He's yeah. literally, regardless of weight class, he's the king. So to beat not only the reigning champ, so there's a lineage past. You're the man who beat the man who beat the man who beat the man. Or in the women's division, um, and certainly you'd be the woman who beat the woman who beat the woman. You want that lineage. You want that on your resume, but not only that, to beat the number one reigning champion in all of powerlifting, the whole sport, not just your weight class, you got, of course... It needs more, of course, for sure. That's what competition's yeah. all about. I don't want to see, you know, you just throwing three throws. Look, I think it was Jen Milliken who posted um, up there in their story asking a poll saying, are you more excited about showdowns or are you more excited to watch records broken? It yeah. has a landslide. Showdowns. Oh, of that's course. What, that's what sports are. I want to see head-to-head matchups. Don't load the bar. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, no one's done this before. Watch this. And you lift it. Well, that's right. kind of cool. That's kind of cool for a 30-second Instagram post. If I'm going to sit down and give you three hours of my night, I want a battle. I want a back-and-forth tip. That's where the U.S. Raw Nationals is so hyped. When people ask me, why don't you do preview shows for some of these other events? It's not to respect those other events, but they don't have to show announce. They don't have the quality of lifter and all the package that USAPL brings, the IPF World yeah. brings. I'm going to target the events that it's showdowns and they're the best in the world. Otherwise, if the big dogs aren't there, or if it's not the depth isn't there, and it's not going to be showdown like that. It doesn't really. That's what sports is. So, anyways, yep. to bring it back, whatever these fellas say, well, whether or not Taylor's there or not, his records will be there, and I'll just take his records. Yeah, you say that, but that's not really. Kidding. Yeah, because because eventually, I mean, over time, right? It's just a natural progression of exactly. life and and training and equipment and, and enhancements and sleep and recovery. And I mean, look, whatever Taylor ultimately ends up with, whatever total over 800 that he ultimately gets, when he calls it quits, eventually someone is going to come along and surpass that. Yeah. So to your point, you want to go head to head and, and, and take down the king rather than just say, well, he left, he retired, and oh, by the way, I out-totaled him by 10 kilos after yeah. the fact. And you want a moment. I remember yeah. moments. I remember moments. I'll remember these battles. Oh, my God. Do you remember 2016 Hack Gibbs? Yes. Yeah. But do you remember someone eventually took one of the records and a random... Well, okay, that's cool. But it's not the yeah. same. Um, I also want to give Austin Perkins, man. I love... Like, these guys... This is why 74s work. You got trash-talking Ricky Cho, who's like the sly... <laughs> you know, he's always got something to say. You yeah. got uh, Taylor, who's the king, and he's the confident... King, some people are like, oh, I don't like him, he's too arrogant, but he's he's playing it up. You meet him, and he's actually a super nice guy, but he knows, let me play. I'm in the world, people talk about me like this way, I'm the king. Let me lean into it. Let me, yeah. let me get people, because it works. Um, and then you've got Austin Perkins, whom I view as that 
Uh, and Michael C, who's the, the quiet, strong, reserved type, who I like. Yep. Uh, I like that too. And then uh, the humble guy. And then you got um, Perkins, who my man is. He's a good-looking kid, 20 years old, good-looking kid, cute as a picture, hits that platform, has charisma and pizzazz. When he was smashing those dents, steps back and then does his belt like a like oh he's got man he's like the Michael Jackson of powerlifting the way he's on that platform just commands it you can't help a bit that dude's got he's got some it factor on him and yep. um he was smashing his way through deadlifts and he was comfortably in silver didn't have to get pushed um no. was, was yep. far far enough back from Taylor where it's like I don't need I'm not gonna overextend so he posted totally posted um but in terms of the future. My man has a bright one. Oh yeah, for sure. He's he wants eight hundred kilo in the feet. He's twenty two zero. I yeah. mean he and even he cuts nothing for seventy four kilo. He actually sometimes is a kilo below because he walks around at that. When he uh, fills yeah. out that weight class and even just cuts a few pounds off. Look at the seventy four kilo division. I think is going to be the hottest division twenty twenty. I think it was in, for my money. I really enjoyed. Uh, watching that. Now the 93s, and we'll get there in a second. We're not going to jump the 83s. Uh, sorry, 105s, I meant to say. Yep. 105s was um, a battle for first, whereas these guys were more or less battling for podium positioning. Yep. But still, nonetheless, I liked the amount of guys who were in the battle and the difference in personality and like the whole flavor Like you had. What do you enjoy? What kind of athlete yep. do you like? Because we got you covered. You know what yep. I mean? Like it was, it, I loved it. I just love that, the dynamic. You can't, there's something you can't put money, you can't always describe when people bring different dynamics and you have something to root for and you are firmly in that camp. Um, mm-hmm. And the storylines is beautiful. So, having said that, let's move ahead. 83 kilo boys. Yep. Now we had, it, okay. Well, I guess we can't, there's no way for if and buts about it. We got to start off at the top. The Bulls glaring was or he people, the discussion leading into it, people were saying they thought he was squatting high. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the 74 kilo boy episode. Um, those those fellows were talking about we the, Ricky actually, surprise, surprise, was the one who said <laughs> <laughs> Ricky, surprise, surprise, Pug the Goat was the one who said, Are we gonna mention how my man is squatting high? And um, people were talking about it. And then or he shot me a message. He's like, hey, man, that, you better put me on that episode because I got something to say about that. And then as it came in, all right, he, his opener was high and moved easy, but it was high. Went up in weight nonetheless, and they're probably thinking, look, weight is not an issue. Squat a little deeper. We know you can. Um, everything's moving right. Don't change nothing. Just squat a little deeper. Second attempt rolls around. Okay, we'll see what happens. Uh, it moves well, but yep. it was high again. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, again, if we're talking with the chats, we're talking about the inner dialogue in my head and probably your head and probably everybody who's listening and watching on YouTube's head. Oh, my God. If my man bombs out, this would be catastrophic. He's probably the, the biggest following in the IPF. Actually, yep. he is a massive star. Um, and this was a storyline leading into this, and this would be a storyline leading out. You would never hear the end of it. And by the way, even though he was moving it well, that was an unofficial world record on his back. Mm-hmm. Nobody had ever hit this before on his back. Mm-hmm. And um, what were your thoughts watching this? 
So let me start by saying that, look, there's some subjectivity to this sport, right? Because there's judging involved and there's referees. And as a national referee myself, I know what it's like to sit into the chair and call lifts and call lifts at the national level. I judged a session on, I believe it was, it was actually Wednesday I judged a session. So I know, I know what it feels like to be under that microscope and have lifters, coaches, family members, a jury table kind of leaning in on you to make sure that you're doing the right job. I would say that the referees have the best seats in the house. Okay. And most of the time they get it right, particularly at this level, you know, in USAPL competition and CPU and these IPF, you know, member federations, you can be assured that things are held to a high standard. And most of the time the referees get it right. No disrespect to Russell, but I agreed with the referees on his first two squats. I thought they were high. I thought they were parallel at best. I also think all credit is due to Russell on his third one. I thought his third one was good. It was in, I would have given him a white light on his third one. So the fact that he, he literally, you know, walked out there and stood up under pressure with, to your point, having an American record and an unofficial world record on his back at the time and sinking it a couple extra inches deeper and getting three white lights. I mean, he, you know, he was, he was able to do that. So credit to him to, to, you know, remain level-headed and not succumb to that, you know, weight, both literally and figuratively good for him. You know, the referees make mistakes. We're all fallible. But again, like I said, most of the times they get it right. But you know, that's, again, that's the nature of the sports sports world is that, you know, sometimes you're going to have these controversial calls. We're going to get into one later when we get into the 72s. I want to talk about that, but you're going to have these calls and you're going to have these differences of opinion. I would just throw a little caution to people who are, you know, judging depth from a video that might've been shot from a cell phone at the back of a ballroom. So when you have somebody at a venue and they're holding up their phone in the air and they're shooting depth, you don't have as good of a vantage point as those three referees who are strategically sitting there watching that lift. So you have to give the benefit of the doubt then to the referees. And as I said, I believe that the referees got it right on the first two. And I think they got it right on this third one. And it should, it should be noted. Russell, this is good for Russell in the, in the overall. Yeah. First off, if he did need it adjusting, figure that out now at the U.S. Raw Nationals before you wind up in the SPD Invitational going head-to-head with Brett Orhe and Taylor Atwood for IPF points and everyone else. Figure this out now where you could miss a couple squats and then yeah. and still be okay. A, sure. so that's, 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 this is perfect timing for Russell. B, yes, you hit the nail right on the head. This is character building. Now that this happened and he stayed in the pocket and it is very difficult to ha- be in that kind of pressure cooker situation. And you know, whatever doubt he had leading into this and he heard everyone talking with squat depth. For this to start happening, unfolding, it's easy for the anxiety to hit and be like, oh my God, all the doubters, oh my, everything they said, the doubt and, and anxiety that can creep in for him at his age. To put that aside and be like, we're going to handle business. I got a world record on my back. And I'm, this is the situation that I'm going to have to work this out. That's the character building that Russell needs. All of us need. But he did it in the perfect time. So he's going to get better and better. The time to beat him was that day. And they couldn't. By the time he faces off with Brett, 
How much more experience does he? This is this is why you can't buy experience. You have to go through it. Your coach can tell you. Listen, if you miss your first two, you just sink a little low. You can be told this by your coach, by the veterans of the game. Nothing is like actually having it in field of play with the world watching and, every, and, and feeling that pressure and having to sort it out. It shows character. It builds character. Russell was tested. You, you, everyone's got a game plan. And when they're in a fight, until they get hit, yep. until they get hit, my man got hit. He got hit hard and he showed what he's got. He showed what he's about. So this was actually, I was impressed by Russell. Yeah. You know, uh, I was impressed. Not only did he win, he won by a comfortable margin. Oh yeah, like I said on the previous show, this wasn't going to be close. I mean, he's he's the strongest man in the room, and it would take something catastrophic for him to to be you know defeated. I mean, so he was you know one one high squad away from going down. Uh, but to your point, yeah, he 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 came back, and and and, and as Russell has said uh, many times on some of his videos and on the podcast with you, powerlifting is you know every day is circumstantial. And so, you know, sometimes you just got to roll with the punches. Mm-hmm. And when you, when, when you, uh, when you get called on two squats, you need to, you need to make adjustments. And he did. So, mm-hmm. you know, credit to him. He, he, he hung in there and he's got another national championship to his credit. Um, and, and looking at the rest of the 83 kilo boys now, we both had Sean Noriega is going to do some things. And you had said, I'm not sure about where the squat might be at. He's come back from injury. He wasn't. He was he was he, he he squatted just below six hundred, which isn't showing. Um, usually he squats more, but we knew he was coming back from injury. Uh, we knew he was going to. Uh, he was going all in regardless. He's probably telling himself, "Look, it, I'm going to push. I think I could take um, silver, even if I start missing. I'm confident." But that was going to be the tough tough event for him. Ended up getting his opener, which is just a shade below six hundred. He's always in the six hundred for squat, upwards of the mid six hundreds. Um, that's a 270 kilo squat for the international lifters. Misses second, misses third, and from there, I mean, okay, Russell only got one squat as well. But for for Sean who had the cover ground and Russell who had to kind of just stay the course, it was really if Sean was going to make a major push, he needed to have his squat where it was historically. Sure. Um, so as it were, Sean's total, which he has hit 800 kilo, which is a very exclusive club in the IPF. I think we only got Brett. Russell and Hack, who have ever done it officially. I think that's right, yep. So Sean is one of the four best 83 kilos ever, by the mm-hmm. way. Didn't have that performance today. Um, his total drop. He was disappointed in it, but I mean, he has high expectations, but it's tough. I think he needs he just needs a little more time to build off this, uh, you know, coming back from injury there. We had suspected it might be tough. Yeah, I'll go ahead and eat some crow. I'll take I'll take the L on this one because I, I called him off the podium uh, and, uh, you know, I think I overestimated uh, his, his, his knee injury. I mean, clearly it was, it was an issue, right? Or he yeah. would have squatted more and would have been closer to what we expect from Sean in the squat. That being said, I, I really thought that he wasn't even going to be a factor. I thought that the knee was so bad that he was going to be, you know, lucky to even squat. And that... The first guy that he rolled up on in the in the warm up room right afterwards, he jumped in front of me and he he kind of flexed on me and said, "Ah, oh, called me off the podium, did you?" <laughs> oh no, really? it always happens. There's always yeah. And and I shook his hand and I said, "Man, congratulations! I got to hand it to you." I said, "And I'm going to eat some crow and I'm, and I will admit that on the podcast." So yeah, so 
So good for him to, you know, do enough to come in second, uh, you know, because uh, – and, and look, presumably a, a healthy Sean can can push Russell more. Um, still, uh, we don't think that he's quite there yet. But, uh, you know, he, he would have totaled more. And, and so um, – but it was good for him to come in second. You know, I had picked I – I believe I had picked Jamar to come in second. Um, we were all kind of hoping to see – you know, two guys squat 700. It wasn't meant to be, uh, you know, but but Jamar lifted very well. I believe Jamar's, uh, he went seven for nine, placing third. I believe all of those were PBs for him. So I think I think even though he missed two lifts, I still think that he PB'd in just about every single discipline. So I know that he and his coach Bryce were pretty happy with that performance. 785. He's two and a half kilo back from Sean. Um, yep. And, yeah, I mean – it was a storyline going in where I thought we'd see potentially two 87 kilo lifters um, breaking into the 700 squat, which is a uh, 718 for anybody listening. And um, it was kind of a, a storyline: who's going to do it first? It could go down the lot number or whatever. But obviously, neither one of them did. And this is kind of expectation-wise. You know, we were all thinking Taylor would be well into the 800s. Russell could be, yeah. you know. But then that's why nominations. And training, sports don't always shake up the weight. Some people are more vulnerable. Some people surprise you. Um, so, that, I mean, that's the beauty of sports, right? And we haven't seen the 700-pound, 318-kilo squat yet in the 83s. Mm-hmm. Potentially could happen in the SPT inv- Invitational. Um, we won't get too ahead of ourselves there but because, well, we got, we got some preview show to go. We will mention at the bottom of this um, who on the men's side has been nominated. The females will be will be the roster for the SPD Invitational will be introduced tomorrow. And I'm not sure when this podcast is going to drop, but as of right now, we don't know who that is. We will tell you who the men's are and have quick thoughts on that. But yeah, man, Jamar Jamar arrived 75, uh, a beautiful total. Um, my man, Muscle Man Marcus, didn't have the greatest of days. His total, I believe, actually dropped a little bit. Um, I think he he got five lifts. Very tough. To get PR total when you only hit five lifts, I'm not sure what the whole story was there, but he definitely didn't have the day he wanted. But still came in fourth in an uber competitive division, and yep. um, you know, so we'll see. Hopefully, he can put together. I know he wants that super meet where he goes at least eight for nine, nine for nine, and um, can meet the expectations he sets on himself. So I had yeah, to pick for bronze. But... Yeah, I, I agree with Marcus. Yeah, he only made five lifts, and I think. I think as he kind of alluded to in, in the podcast with you, he cuts a lot of weight, man. He's huge. He, he's humongous. And so I think, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that as a significant factor. I think, uh, you, you know, it, it, it begs the question, uh, how would his performance be if he didn't cut so much or perhaps, uh, you know, just took the amount of weight that he cuts and maybe cut it into two-thirds or cut it into half? You know, look, if you start your start your – you know, weight loss just a little bit sooner in the cycle. I mean, I get it. You know, everybody kind of wants to train at a heavier body weight. It enhances recovery and it, it protects and fortifies your joints and that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, uh, it, it does hamper and creates decrements in performance on game day. And so, you know, look, I mean, if and when Marcus does put together, you know, a nine lift, you know, package, um, you know, yeah, he'll it, be something to deal with. He, so. man, the dude is absolutely, he's like one of those, he's a physical specimen. He is it, it is wild. And he is not short. I mean, 5'8 for 83 kilo makes you a, a freaking giant. I mean, yep. you know, when you look at some of these other cats. But um, 
Moving into the 93s, um, Jonathan Keiko, what can you say? After the World Championships, I, th I think it was 852.5 kilo won the 93 World Championships, and Jonathan mm -hmm. Keiko did a local meet, besting that, an unofficial world record in terms of um, the totally put up, which would have bested Ashton's best 93 kilo. And then as people were saying, well, look, it, he did this at a local meet. And some people, you had whispers saying he might not be able to pull that off in a big competition like U.S. Raw Nationals when the pressure is on. Let's see if he could do that. Not necessarily saying he won't, but we haven't seen him do it. Potential is different than executing. And it, we just told you about 74s and 83s, how the potential for certain totals were there and it didn't happen. So some people just say, what, what's on paper doesn't always transpire. Well, my man not only lived up, surpassed, and left a lot of people wondering what's next. Jonathan Keiko has arrived. Um, looking at this, he went nine for nine with an 868.5 American record, unofficial world record, nine for nine, 93 kilo kingpin, Jonathan Keiko. And um, it's starting to get to the point where if Ashton stays 105, I don't know if there's anybody in the world who's going to beat him at this point. Yeah, he had a flawless performance, uh, and, and, and so uh, he he's to you know the accolades are, are deserving. And to your point, you know he hit that eight sixty three at a local meet in California, and now he came and put it on the platform at a nationals uh, where the where the where the stakes are clearly much higher, and uh, and and executed once again and and did exceptionally well and took you know an American record in the bench along the way, you know to go along with his American record and unofficial world record total. So, um, yeah, so credit to him. I mean, I'm looking forward to – I know that he said before that he, he has the intentions to go to Belarus. So, you know, I, I look forward to seeing him lock horns with uh, the gentleman from Ukraine, who's the current world record. Anatoly. Cause he, yeah, because he's, cause he's, a, he's a youngster too, right? So, his, again, his, his rate of adaptation is presumably very high as well. So, I mean, look, you're talking about next June, both of these guys could be – Sneaking up on, you know, closer to a 900 kilo total. Look, um, just a little something about Anatoly from the Ukraine. Yeah. Last, last, so the European Championships, and we'll do a preview show for that, is creeping up on us. And he's going to be there. And they, uh, they have the best of Europe, obviously. And uh, you cannot sleep on this because it is also a preview for the World Championships. Last year, he hit 850. That's a year old. So at Worlds, he didn't just increase in strength by two and a half kilo when he hit 852 and a half. He did what he needed to to win, like yeah. all good lifters do. How much he had? Is he in the 860s? Probably. Probably. So when they face off, it's not that Jonathan is way ahead of him. My friend, yeah. these guys are, he, a year ago, was 850. So yeah. now, yes, I would be shocked if he was in the 860s. Jonathan Keiko versus Anatoly uh, from Ukraine is going to be a mega showdown. And you would be yeah. foolish to look past Anatoly. Um, sometimes, you know, not for nothing, you hear some people say, well, when you win the American Championship, you, you pretty much, it's harder even than it will be at the World Championship. And sometimes when I hear that, I'm like, ah, I think some of you guys, look, look, I've slept on some of the Europeans as well. I'm not sleeping on these cats no more. We're doing preview shows on the European Championships, not just for myself, but for everybody who listens and watches, because I think they're you you gotta be crazy if you're looking past Anatoly or any of these other guys like Gustav Hedlin and these other cats who are in the 93s. They are that good. And they're they're yeah. young. They're 
give adaptation, you have no idea what they're capable of. So yeah. um, be obviously prepared for the European preview show. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. And if I can also say, um, our boy uh, David Ricks, who in after the squad event, nobody was. I, I was like, oh my god, sixty years old. Sixty. Pardon me. Excuse me. Pardon me. Sixty years young. Yep. And was in the lead after the squad event. Had the heavy yes. squad. I was Connected. like, oh my god, yeah. that's amazing. He was leading. He was in the lead. Yeah. If the yeah. light shut off, if the light shut off, and didn't stop it right there for whatever happened, he would have been the champion. Yeah, I was so excited for him. You know, he squatted 310 uh, kilo. That's 683. I was ecstatic for him. And I told him in the warm-up room, I was like, man, go out there and put these young kids on notice, man. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's a fan favorite in the class act. So I was I was excited to see him lift so well and get get some squats in because that's, you know, I mean, he's a, he's a natural-born squatter and had the open world record up until the gentleman from uh, Kazakhstan took it just recently. Uh, but, uh, you know, when, when, when David, again, can, can put together nine lifts, he can, you know, I mean, he's, he's not going to win anymore, but he can put some heat on these guys and make them sweat a little bit, which is fun. Dude, it is. Uh, 60 years old, it's almost mind-boggling. It's you know, he, he lives up to the, to the nickname Superman, 100%. Yes. Um, and obviously, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't give a shout out to Charlie Dixon, Kyle Power, who came in silver and bronze. Um, yep. Charlie Dixon, again, really starting to fill out the 93 kilo class, really started yep. coming to his own in the 93 kilo class. Um, yep. And the future is bright for that young man as well. And he's coming off an injury. I mean, he, it was dicey leading into this. He was coming off an injury, so the future is bright for him. Yeah, Charlie lifted really well. He's got a great coach, a good friend of mine, Brad Coolyard. Uh, coaches Charlie and has got him focused and centered in the right direction. And, and, and I mentioned, I said, look, I said, if Keiko messes up, look for Dixon to take it. Uh, but, you know, I did pick Dixon as two and, and, and that's, uh, you know, that, that's how it unfolded. It's uh, and like you said, Kyle power executed well, LS lost to Kyle on body weight. So it was off the podium uh, based on body weight. And, and uh, LS had a really good meet too. And, and, and we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that he, basically pushed all his chips to the center of the table with that final deadlift because he was trying to beat uh, Charlie Dixon. So had LS made that 340-kilo attempt, which he took for a hell of a ride, it got to about his knees uh, before he stalled out. Had he got that, he would have leapfrogged Kyle and Charlie and come in second and pushed Charlie to third. So that was pretty exciting. Uh, LS also took a shot at beating uh, Keiko's American record. You know, he went 231 and a half. And it just proved to be a bit too much, but but yeah, that that was a very fun class to watch. And uh, look at and, let's also point out LS McLean himself is 15 years older than Kyle Power. Oh, um, sure. 17 years older than Charlie Dixon. LS yes. is a two-time world champion who was also a master lifter, battling yes. these young lions. So that that's the beauty about powerlifting: all shapes and sizes and whatever, all over the world. You know, you you come out of Ukraine, you come out of wherever, Asia, South America. But, um, yeah, that's what, part of what makes it a beautiful sport. Um, Want to move into the 105s? Yes, sir. You ready? Okay. So the 105s, I'm going to eat a little bit of crow. I was not only betting against Bryce, although, if I'm honest, if I remember correctly, we both knew this was not, it wasn't like, I'm like oh, Bryce is going to get killed. We all knew it was going to be tight. We all knew it was going to be good. But I wasn't just betting against Bryce. I was also betting against yourself, which is always a very dangerous proposition when you're handling somebody. Um, it's a huge thing to have 
an expert strategist picking your temps, a guy like Bryce, and he's missed for consistency for a reason. He missed uh, he missed a couple, a couple lifts here and there, but he nailed his third attempt bench press, or sorry, he missed his third bench press and missed his third deadlift, but still ended up 902.5, ended up tilting into the 900 kilo total and solidifying that one of five championship. In a battle, I mean, Michael Davis ended up taking second. Ashton came out strong for the squat, and then, um, I mean, started missing some lifts here. When we came down to the last deadlift, he did a huge 22 and a half kilo jump and really pushed all the chips to the center of the table, like you had said. And when it's all or nothing, that's when the door swings open for a guy like a Michael Davis, who's like, look, I'm gonna piece together a nine for diet, nine day, which he did. And um, ended up stealing that, that silver medal. So you have a choice sometimes. Do you defend your silver or do you swing for the gold? Yeah high risk, high reward, a guy like Ashton is almost always going to say, we're going out on our shield, my friends. How did you see the battle unfolding, and where do you think Ashton started falling behind, and the deal really got sealed for the Bryce Lewis victory? Well, so, as as you know, so, uh, my wife and I coached Bryce, and so we were we were there every step of the way, uh, and, and this was a, extremely exciting for us, and I think, you know, we had put together a game plan uh, assuming that, look, uh, Ashton is going to out-squat Bryce and, uh, and, and, and uh, have, a, have a good shot at an American record. At, at, and so he did. He took Garrett Blevins' uh, American record, which was formerly 331.5, and, and, and Ashton squatted 332. And I say this as respectfully as I possibly can. Based on the training that Ashton had put out there, I assumed two things. I assumed Ashton would come in heavier I mean, his body weight was 94.99. That's insane. It, yeah, and he, at, at a couple of the meets that Ashton had done prior to that, I believe he weighed around 97, 98 kilos. So I was assuming, of course, not that he would, you know, we all assumed it and knew that he would be the lightest man in the, in the class of those lifting in the contention. But I did not assume that he would be that light, number one. And I did assume, based on his training that he had put out there, that he would actually squat a little bit more. So I, th- But I think, to his credit, and again, this is complimentary, this is not derogatory, I think the reason that he didn't squat as, as much as he put out there in training was because he came in at 94.99. And I don't know the circumstances or reasons surrounding why he was as light as he was. Uh, but again, still to his credit, he had an American record squat. So he had, you know, a nine and a half kilo lead on, on Bryce, our lifter, after squats. And we knew that we were going to push back in the in, in the bench. We, we, we knew that we were going to uh, outbench Ashton. And again, based on Ashton's training, I had assumed that Ashton would bench more in the 210, possibly a 212 range. Uh, but I think... You know, they played it smart and took what was there. They didn't want to miss. They wanted to be in position, you know, basically eight for eight and then put on the bar what they needed at the end. Uh, handling Bryce, um, I'm willing to admit when I make a mistake, and I, and, and I believe that I, I made a mistake on his third bench attempt. Uh, Bryce crushed his second one, and it looked great, and it looked exactly like Bryce Lewis's second attempts normally look. It was crisp. It was sharp. It was under control, and I thought immediately the second that I saw it, my my initial gut feeling was 10 kilos because I was like, man, that was fast, that looked great. Um, you know, hindsight being 2020, I should have called for seven and a half. Um, 10 would have, I think, really, pretty much 
shut the door. I mean, I think that at that point, if we'd had the extra 10, then at that point, I'm not saying that Ashton would have been, you know, playing just to hold on to second, but I think that that could have done it. I think if we'd had that 10 back, that could have encouraged Ashton to just hang on to second, but Ashton's a hell of a competitor and you never know. So anyhow, it didn't work out that way. Bryce missed it. And so that, you know, kept the door open and so forth, heading into the deadlifts. Our third pull for Bryce was very strategic. So our first two attempts went exactly to plan 340, 360. And then when he came off the platform, I asked Bryce what he thought he had. And he thought 12 and a half at the most. And I said, I concur. But I said, go have a seat. We're going to play the game. And we put in 10 and we did that on purpose because it was a high probability make for us. And so I thought, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, Bryce has 10 kilos left and that's going to really force Ashton's hand. Furthermore, we had lot number advantage. And I knew that if we missed the number that Ashton would need was actually 367 and a half. And you can't come down and go below. So I knew, so that was on purpose. I knew that even if we missed, it was going to force Ashton to take more than he actually needed. So he put the right number on the bar, which was 372 and a half. But had he made that, he would have won by more kilos than he needed. So that nicely was, played. So, and this is what I'm talking about. We so know coach understands this and knows so, how to strategize. Yeah. So again, having lot number advantage and so on, you know, um, we did that on purpose because it was a high probability make. Now look, Bryce went out, he hit the lift, and I don't know if you've watched the live stream, the replays. As he was literally, he had it locked out, hit the, uh, the bar popped out of his hands and ripped off a, a big chunk out of his hand and his callus. Mm. And so that's actually what happened. I mean, the strength was there. He was locking the weight out. He actually got his hips through, and right when he locked it, the bar popped out of his hands, and, um, and he missed it, which opened the door for Ashton. And based on how Ashton's second attempt looked, that 350, um, I, was, I knew that that was a big ask, him jumping essentially 22 and a half kilos, 50 pounds. But I thought, man, this this kid's got a chance, you know, because <laughs> because, because his his three fifty was a, I mean, that was, he vaporized that three fifty. I mean, that was really really fast. And at that point, again, you know, he's like, I don't care if I, you know, look, if he misses it, he lost by a half kilo to Mikey Davis. So well played by by Joey Flex there, you know, putting Mikey in the position to be ahead by a half a kilo, assuming that Ashton would miss. And, you know, look, Joey played his cards right, and and, and Mikey kind of sneaks in, you know, has that perfect nine-for-nine nine day, well-scripted, well-played, and, and, and took second. But at that point, you know, of course Ashton's going to go for the win. I mean, why not? It's, it's, you have a, there's a national title on the line. So, yeah. so he went, he went for the win and, and missed it. But I, you know, we all congratulated and hugged in the back, in the, in the back room there. And I mean, it was, it was well played and it was hard fought and, uh, and, and, you know, all credit is, is due to Bryce. He executed what it mattered most that it was a really fun show. And so, it was, and also, yeah, so go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say, it was kind of eye-opening for myself when I seen how low Ashton's body weight was. Because there yeah. was probably 93-kilo lifters who were bigger than him. He wasn't even the biggest 93-kilo lifter, I'm sure. Um, but in terms of his handling, yeah, they brought him right up to the 9 for 9 day, and then you load the bar at the last one that he missed. Right. You, it's because he, you guys forced his hand. You played the game, forced yeah. his hand, where he's like, well, I guess this is what I got to load for the win. And he was going out on his shield, so... 
The re- whatever the reason why he picked that squat or he picked that bench, if it was slightly less than some people anticipated, there's always reasons, and that's a sports, man. You got to – it's not with what you wanted. It's what you have on that day. Yeah. And him and his coach knew, and, and they didn't miss. They lined themselves oh, up no. eight for eight. Here we are, eight for eight. This is where we wanted to be, and we wanted to load the bar with the winning pole. They were exactly where they wanted to be. It's just – Bryce, you know, was stronger and you guys played the game beautifully where it's like, we're going to make you load the bar with even more than you need to win. It's just okay. one of these, you know, it is what it is. And then Joey, obviously, as well, did a great job handling uh, dates. Yeah, and other fun parts. So I mentioned Joseph Amendola and I told you that he was going to bench big. And of course he did. Uh, Joseph, I had picked to come in third uh, over Michael Davis. So I'm eating a little bit of crow there. You know, Joseph used to train at our at our gym. But he bench pressed 263 kilos, which is exceeding his own world record. I mean, it was absolutely phenomenal, just off the charts. I mean, that's, you know, that, that's more than Cornelius benched. Uh, you know, to, so 263 kilos at, at 105 is just outstanding. And so uh, good job to, to Joseph there because he hit PBs in all of his lifts and uh, is, is creeping up. I think last year at U.S. Nationals he placed fifth, so he came in fourth this year. And um, – Another uh, two things that I want to mention is Gregory Johnson. So Gregory Johnson plays ninth, but he did get the American record in the deadlift. So fun, so fun, fun fact, we have four different American record holders here. We have Ashton Ruska, who has the squat, Joseph Amendola, who's got the bench, Gregory Johnson, who's got the deadlift, and, of course, Bryce Lewis has the total, which is, you know, quite frankly, this is a competition for total. And I like to remind people of that because people get, you know, it's sexy to have these records on these individual lifts. And Bryce is never the best in any of the individual lifts, but is oftentimes, you know, top dog there in the total. So so good for him. And, and last but certainly not least, I want to mention two other people. I want to mention uh, David Wilson. So David, as many uh, of you know who's listening, tore his adductor about, I think, four to five weeks out from competition. And this was going to be his first comp at 105. And, uh, and, and David uh, has a phenomenal attitude, man, and, and was ultra, ultra positive coming into this meet and actually squatted a PB. Now, I know That's he was insane. heavier, uh, but had a two-and-a-half kilo PB and went nine for nine and put together a phenomenal performance. Now, he wasn't within striking distance, obviously, of the podium. But all credit to David, man, to come out there after suffering an adductor tear and, you know, and be coached by our good friend there, Mike Tushier, and go nine for nine and put together a really nice package and, and actually just, you know, go out and execute well after an injury and take what's there and hit some PBs in the process is really, really exciting. So, I, I mean, I'm excited for David. I'm really happy for him. I think, uh, you know, I wanted to mention him and kind of give him a shout out. I think that's really awesome, you know, that you come and you still, you know, you're, you know that you're not necessarily your best, but you throw your hat into the ring, into the arena anyway and say, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna come in here and do what I can. And sometimes good things happen, you know, and the adductor healed a little bit faster than he thought. And so that was cool. And then also, um, you know, Lane Norton, who you had on your podcast, Lane did not lift in prime time. Uh, but it was literally just trying to stick his foot back in the, in the water, so to speak. And he showed up well. He lifted during the daytime and put together a nine for nine performance, totaling eight oh seven and a half. 
So I know, you know, after talking with Lane, I know that it's one of his goals, you know, to kind of creep back into the mix, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And he he knows that the tide has risen and that all the other boats have have come up along with it. He's well aware of that. But um, but he's a hard worker and 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 he wants to get back into the fray. So so uh, you know, we welcome him back into the mix with open arms as well. I love a good comeback story. Lane actually hit a, a real close to his personal best on the squat. Um, but he had a personal best deadlift. I, th- I believe this is a personal best total, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, 807 and a half. And um, in terms of David Wilson, look, here's what you, you know. You said he didn't feel 100%, but he showed up, he did his job, got nine for nine, and, and he didn't complain about it. He didn't make nope. excuses about it. He did his job. And here's what you know. Mike Tyson's coach, Customato, once told him, he said, Mike, what is a professional? And Mike Tyson said, a professional is when you get paid to do what you do. And Customato said, no. A professional is someone who shows up regardless how they feel and they do their job. That's a professional. And David Wilson proved he is a professional. Amen. You know? Um, so not, uh, moving on to the 105. You had mentioned Dennis Cornelius. Oh, my gosh. The king is back, my friend. Um, yep, another, another 120s. Another, yeah, 120s. Um, you know, you, you had, you had, this is another gentleman that you had helped uh, handle. And Dennis Cornelius, I mean, he, he had missed a couple of here and there. But then again, he also was uber-pressed with all due respect to the other gentleman. We're talking about 30 kilo spread. So he's kind of jogging down his own lane. But people are kind of measuring this to how close he could be in the future. And um, if this is his first kind of step in that direction, by the time we're looking at Belarus... I mean, he's, as a 120, he could be as dominant as they come. The guy, he's, he's the full package. Um, his dead was a little lower than expected, but again, you know, I mean, he, he had plenty of room to spare. Um, what was the feeling going on there when you guys are handling him? He's kind of jogging his own lane there. Yeah, he, he was. I mean, clearly, you know, the expectation was is that Dennis was going to win and, and win handily. And so I had mentioned on the on the preview show that we had some some really big numbers, you know, on the table, or at least the potential for the, for uh, some big numbers there. And uh, uh, Dennis has been dealing with a little bit of a back injury and a back issue uh, for quite some time. And that's why his deadlift has been a little bit down. And he's been kind of going back and forth between sumo and conventional and and so he pulled conventional at the meet. I think he's going to wind up reverting back to sumo and, and kind of, you know, hopefully sticking in that lane for a while because I think that does take some pressure off the back, or at least for him. But, look, he squatted well. That was an American record squat. Um, and and, and uh, I think Susie and myself kind of, we called that number on the button. I mean, there wasn't really a whole lot <laughs> left there. If you watch that, the, <laughs> yeah. that you Two, know. And, three, uh, eighty-seven and a half. And that, that, yeah, that was kind of an exciting moment uh, to see him kind of, come under through the front of the rack there with hands in the air and kind of celebrate. That was kind of a fun moment um, when it unfolded. Uh, I know that ben, uh, that he didn't have the bench nor the deadlift that he wanted, but look, uh, you know, at that point we were just kind of padding the lead and, uh, and playing it safe. And I think that once Dennis does get his back in order, you know, uh, he'll be bringing a, a, a stronger package to Belarus because I know that he has every intention on going to Belarus. And um, and Jared Martin, who came in second, lifted exceptionally well. I know that he hit some PBs. That's a really good total. I mean, he went nine for nine. nine that was outstanding. Yeah, he had a gr- he had a great meet. And then um, yeah, so I mean, I, 
I think that one kind of held true to form and kind of went the way that we thought it would. Let me tell the Nathan Alexander story. And yeah, Jared Martin, silver medal, ninth night performance, um, had a phenomenal day. Now, the Nathan Alexander story, for anyone who hasn't, hasn't heard it, let me, let, let me, let me reveal, okay? Um, this fella literally broke his neck in a squat while training earlier this year. And um, I'll post this. It's not for the faint of heart, though. You, you can watch this guy break his neck while squatting. I mean, it's, it's a frightening. And um, from the slow crawl back, Leading into the Nationals, I remember people like, have you heard what happened to Nathan? And, um, I mean, the expectations coming in here, who knows what was going to happen? He's like, I just want to have my best day I could possibly have. I don't know how this is going to shake up. I don't know what's going to happen when I get there. So, it was a slow crawl back. And uh, coming to the squats, Nathan Alexander hit his opener, missed a second, misses a third. Coming into the bench, hit his opener, misses a second, misses a third. Coming into the deadlifts. Now think about this for a second here. Broke his neck, and this is either going to be that great comeback story we're all talking about, or this is going to be, wow, that was really sad to see. Showed up a shell of a man that he was. Finished off the podium. Finished God knows where he's going to end up. I mean, it could have either been zero to hero with coming into the deadlifts, and he's known as a deadlift lifter. Hits his opening deadlift at 345. And him and his team decide, and I believe, I want to get the young man's name. I think he goes by an Instagram, like Chesticles or something like that. He's a <laughs> good-looking cat, uh, black dude, blue eyes, jacked up, got some peaks on his biceps. I'll, I'll find out his name. He'll probably message me if he hears this. But um, he also was handling Ashland. He's a pretty good handler. He, he did his job. But they decided, like, Nathan, this is all or nothing. Building the totals out the window after what happened in squats and, and bench pretty much. This is going to be, this is that movie moment where how much do you believe that you can pull this off? How much do you believe? How do you want this story to end, young man? And Nathan said to his, his handler, man, we're all in. Put all the chips on the table, we're all in. He goes, well, here's what's going to happen. I need you to trust me on this move. We're mm-hmm. going to balk at a second attempt. It'll automatically, as Matt had said, bump up two and a half kilo. Don't worry, we're not taking that weight. We're going to let it time out, and we're going to conserve your energy. And you're going to come out for a third attempt. And the idea was 372.5 kilo, which I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, is an American record. Uh, That's what I was told. Is that right? So talk about it. Let's just say it was for the sake of the story anyways, man. (laughs) Don't don't ruin a good story with the truth. Uh, My my brother always told me. So, and not only would this be historic in terms of an American record, the biggest deadlift we'd seen in that weight class, um, it's also going to quickly shoot you up the rankings to a bronze medal and you're going to be on the podium. And you could not have had cap off a remarkable comeback story from a young man who broke his neck and now pulls and makes history with his last dead. A sincere all or nothing, oh my God moment. And when he hit that deadlift, and held it at the top, looked at the camera, and tilted his head as if to say, as <laughs> if to say, did you ever doubt this is how the story was going to end? I mean, I don't know if people understood the background behind it. I was quick to repost on King of Lifts. I'm quick to tell the story right now. Um, that's the type of stuff that inspires everybody around there because everybody, if you're in the game long enough, is going to get injured. Everybody's going to have that doubt. Everyone's going to have that moment with your coach. This is the stuff that legends are made of, that moment where, like, not only is it 
gut check time with your coach, but then throwing, and he has to be brave, Nathan, but his coach has to be brave being like, do you trust me on this one? This is, do you trust me on this idea? I need you at a hundred. You're missing lists. You're overextending. And if you grind out a second, you're not going to have the third we need. Yeah, I need you to trust me on this one. And Nathan said, do it. Do it, coach. And I love that. I love it when the coach is like willing and understands. And is like, we're, we're going to, we get this, we, we can all wake up tomorrow and be like, oh, damn. <laughs> this, is, this did not work out the way we wanted. Or we could wake up tomorrow and everybody's talking about us. And you got to believe sometimes. This is a beautiful thing of sports. You got to believe. Uh, I, I loved it. Yeah, that was a great way. I want to have Nathan on the show. For sure. Exciting moments. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So that's 120s. Let's cap it off. The 120 pluses. Um, yep. we, we had, uh, I mean, obviously we had both picked Ray Williams to win. You had said in the preview show, um, some light. you didn't say too much. You don't want to reveal all your cards in terms of, I know you know more information uh, for those listening. Matt coaches um, Ray and is in contact, not just on game day, but like throughout the year and, and knows what's going on. But we knew Ray was um, getting married, having a kid, and the whole night. It's a major life thing since Sweden. And, uh, and so it, the game plan was, and I'll let you tell it, but the game plan was you were kind of saying, we just want to win. We just want a W, punch our ticket, go to Worlds. We already got the SPD invitational more than likely. Everyone was assuming. And um, we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, punch the ticket, go to Worlds, and then and get back to get back to speed at Worlds. So get that win. Um, so there we go. I'll let you tell it because you were obviously handling the man. Yeah. So so I guess we'll, we'll back up in, in, in all fairness to Ray, and I've discussed this with him. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna share a little bit. You know, there's been a lot of controversy uh, surrounding Ray's performance, and there's been a lot of. Uh, People, the birds chirping, if you will, the peanut gallery on social media, accusing my man of, t- of taking uh, drugs and, and now being off of drugs based on his total and based on his performance. And I want to say two things to start off. That's both ludicrous and patently false. So um, there are reasons behind his performance. And look, there were over, there were almost 1,300 lifters at Raw Nationals. And every single lifter has his or her own story behind how they got there, what happened, their training, their life circumstances, and that's just life, man. I mean, that's that's just how it goes. And and those we're not putting those forth as excuses, but that's 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 his story at, at this juncture. And these are reasons. These are reasons behind um, everybody saw what they saw. And so when Ray returned home from Sweden, uh, as everybody knows and it's well talked about now, and he admitted, you know, he got some sort of food poisoning and intestinal bug. And I've had that happen to me twice. And I don't know if you've ever had food food poisoning to that degree. Um, And I've been through some pretty catastrophic stuff in my time. You literally feel like you want to die because (laughs) your, your, your insides feel like they are coming out on your outsides and it is absolutely uh, horrible. And so that continued once he got back home to Mississippi. And so Ray suffered significant weight loss. And when I say significant, I'm talking about 13% body weight. Oh, wow. So let that soak in for just a second because Ray Williams at his top end was 190 kilos. So you can run the math, okay? And you can take every single person. And I actually did this. I played around with the numbers a little bit. And what I did was, is I took every other weight class and I I subtracted 13% off of every other weight class. And let me tell you what it does. Not only does it drop you to the weight class below your normal class, 
but you make weight comfortably with room, <laughs> to, with, with, with room to spare. So if you're a 105 and you subtract, and I'm going to do the math right now just for the sake of conversation to add credence to, to the story here. If we subtract 13% from a 105 kilo lifter, that, that 105 is now weighing in at a body weight of 91 kilos. Oh, oof. Okay, so, so we're talking about a large man losing approximately 13% body weight because that intestinal issue that he had going on continued after he got home. Okay, so a 13% drop in body weight. Now, we all know that Ray got married shortly after he got home. He went on a one-week vacation uh, you know, during, during prep. And we knew that that was coming, but that's reality. And, and Hey man, life is uh, hey. life and personal stuff. And your lovely bride and your family is bigger than powerlifting. And your marriage, so, by the way, the honeymoon afterwards leading up to isn't like your normal life when you're about to get married. Playing a wedding, whatever. It's not just yeah. that. But Talking yeah. about major, major life stress. In addition, for those of you who don't know, Ray is a football coach. Where is he a football coach? In Mississippi. Mississippi happens to be one of the hottest places in the United States of America, and it's no place fit for a man of his size walking around outside during two-a-day practices, you know, sweating his you-know-what off, and it's already very, very difficult for him to keep body weight on. So you've got this intestinal issue, which dropped him about 13% in body weight, coupled with the fact that he's outside all day, every day, during the summer, during the summer heat, during practices. He gets married. He goes on a, on a vacation. He's also working on his PhD, which is going to be completed in December. And oh, by the way, they're oh, by the way, they're expecting a kid in December as well. Yeah. So when you when you throw in those six reasons and you put them in a pot and you shake it up all together, hey man, the reality is is your total is going to be down a little bit. I didn't know he was going for his PhD. Yeah, I believe it's an I believe it's an educational leadership, and so that's going to wrap up here in December. So to say that my man has a lot going on yeah. outside of powerlifting is an understatement. Yeah. So for all those people who are throwing these accusatory remarks, look, you accused him when he was on top of the world and now you're accusing him at the bottom. That's fine. Well, I'll, sh I'll shoulder that. I'll deflect some of that with, with some of these uh, truisms because this is the reality of his situation. Mm -hmm. Now, all and those aren't excuses. That's our story. And the other 1,200 and some odd lifters have their story. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, David Wilson had his story. You know, every single person. And look, uh, you know, when you train for a competition like this, it's it's rare that everybody comes in and doesn't have some aches and pains or bumps and bruises. I mean, when was the last time that you came into a competition, you know, and with, with both barrels loaded and, and, and all cylinders firing, so to speak, thinking to yourself, man, I feel as healthy as I've ever been. I mean, it's rare, right? Most people have got some bumps and bruises. So anyhow, that's Ray's story. Now, that being said. Uh, we knew that the objective was to become a national champion. And we installed a game plan, or at least I did, obviously along with Ray, to basically lift as little as possible to make that happen. Because we didn't have the world's greatest you know, training uh, prep leading into this meet because of his life circumstances. Now, we knew that we were going to get a push from Trevor Thomas out of Georgia. And this kid who came in second, man, I just want to give you a shout out, man. Thank you. Uh, for your performance and thank you for pushing us and thank you uh, you know you, you you made us work a little bit if you will 
and it's good. Uh, Trevor has put on significant body weight at all of his last competitions, so I knew that his total was going to grow. I knew that he was going to come in and hit a PB total. So Ray and I sat down, and we mapped out a game plan, you know, um, to, to, to try to uh, play to Ray's strengths, clearly, which are his squat and his deadlift. And, um, and Ray missed his third squat, and there's no excuse there. He lost his balance. He got a little bit forward on his toes. If you saw the 400 kilos, he nailed it. That was his second attempt. He crushed it. The plan all along was to go to 420. I don't think that was a bad number. I just think that, uh, you know, Ray said that he didn't get his back locked in entirely uh, when he got underneath the bar. And, and look, man, when you lose 13% of body weight and you spend the entire training cycle trying to regain body weight and build your physique back up, you're going to fit a little bit differently under the bar. And we're talking about a man who squatted 490 kilos and whose lifts are largely leverage dependent as a super heavyweight, right? Mm -hmm. So you're not going to fit under that bar the same. And, to, and, and to, to what Ray told me, he didn't get his back locked in, and that was his fault. That was an execution error. And he tipped forward. He got forward on his toes, lost his balance, and missed the squat. In terms of Ray's uh, bench, his bench has been down because he's been dealing with some elbow issues. And so we knew all along that the bench was going to be lower, and we knew that, uh, that Trevor was going to blow bias in the bench. I mean, we knew, I saw that, you know, coming in. Um, and Ray missed his third attempt on the bench, uh, and that was to a technical uh, issue. They, they called him for a heave, and it was a heave. Um, I would have given Ray a red light, and I told him that when he came off the platform. And so, at, but at that point in time, you know, it was, it, it, it was all coming down to the deadlift. And, it, it, you know, Ray was, um, I don't want to say Ray was, uh, was worried, but Ray was concerned. He came over and he looked at the scoreboard, and he didn't think, obviously, that it was going to be this close. And I, you know, got him warmed up in the deadlift, and I said, look, man, I said, I got this. I said, just let me drive the, just let me drive the bus. Let me take over. I said, all you got to do is execute. And I had told him, I said, look, uh, you know, I put my arm around and whispered in his ear after his opener. I said, look, I said, it's all going to come down to you. And I kind of used the football analogy because Ray's a football coach. He's a defensive football coach. And I told him, I said, look, I said, if you're, if you're sending your defense out on the field at the end of the game and the other team's got the ball and they're driving down the field with a minute left, but they need a score and your defense is going on the field, you're saying, hell yeah, we're going to stop them. And on the, you know, and on the other hand, if you're the offense and you've got the ball, you're saying, well, hell yeah, we're going to score. Well, I wanted Ray to have the ball. Yeah. And, and, yeah. The whole time. And I said, look, I said, this is in your hands. I said, you are the world's greatest super heavyweight deadlifter. You have the world record in the deadlift. You need to act accordingly is what I told him to do. And I said, this weight is going to be in your hands. I'm going to get the lowest number required so that you can win and cinch this up. We don't need to beat them by 10 kilos, 20 kilos. We don't need to put on a show. Your total is already down. I told you before we were going to take the least amount to secure the W, and that's exactly what we did. And that's no disrespect to any of the other lifters mm -hmm. who lifted well and came and so forth. But that was the set of circumstances that we were under, and ultimately Ray delivered. And I knew that we were going to get a strong charge from Trevor Thomas, and he was handled and coached by Johnny Graham, who's the USA Powerlifting Vice President and a multi, multi-time national team coach and a good friend of mine. And I knew that Johnny wouldn't make any mistakes. And so I knew that I had to be on my game too. And so, you know, when he submitted some changes, I played along and so on and so forth. And we had lot number advantage and we knew we were going to pull last. 
and so on and so forth, and Ray delivered. And so, and and look, at the end of the day, I had told him, I said, look, you're going to have the winning deadlift in your hands. You get to write the story. You just have to go out and execute. And he did. And so, again, just to wrap things up, I mean, it, it, it played out as we thought. You know, Jason Mike, as we had said before, he kind of came in dinged. Uh, he had tried to get down to 120 and didn't make it. He was injured. But I thought that Jason um, lifted pretty well. I expect more coming back from him. Um, you know, but the main thing there was 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 Trevor. He was the one that we had our eyes on. And, uh, yeah, I believe I did pick him to come in second. So Same. Yeah. Uh, he, he gave I mean, a hell of a showing himself. Um, Devon McFarlane came in third. Yeah, now Trevor, look, Trevor is he's a young dude, born in 94. He's got yeah. a bright future. He misses opener on squat, maybe a little tentative, but he righted the righted the ship, hit his hit every single lift until his last deadlift. And look, they did the they did what they had to do. They loaded up what they thought they needed to. I mean, they're trying yeah. to pull to cover that gap. They of did course. they did their job what they needed to, but at the end of the day, like you had said, race is Still the bigger deadlifter, and he's yep. got a good spread on him, and he was in a good position. Um, probably by the second, it kind of looked like this was going to be raised. But, you know, I mean, he only had to go up two and a half kilo. That's but it. you never want to take anything for granted. The game plan, if it's like, look, we just want, let's get the win. Let's get as many greens on the board as possible and just get that win with as low as totals we need. Let's not stress. Let's not, we, we are dealing with, if you were dealing with 100% right, Ball in play. Let's let's rock and roll. Let's run up that tally. But when you're not dealing with 100, you learned and adjusted from Sweden, knowing when you don't when when you all you know is you're not 100, and we don't know where you are, and we're kind of like a blind man feeling this out here. Let's not get daring. You know this isn't the time. Win, even if ugly. Another football analogy. I forget which that, coach. That's win, right. Win just win ugly. I don't care. Just win, baby. And then punch your ticket. Now you go into the playoffs. Now you go into the world championships. And then let's decide. It's it's like I've said before. I've said this on your podcast, and I say it to every single lifter that I ever coach, uh, particularly the ones obviously that are in contention. There's one day out of the calendar year when you can be either a national or a world champion, mm-hmm. and that day was last Sunday. And so. To that point, that was the only day out of the calendar year when Ray could be a national champion. Mission accomplished. Mm. He can hit. He can hit PBs. He can strive for all that other stuff and all these other meets. And so now we've got a nice five-month long break, okay, for him to get his feet back under him and prep for the Sheffield and get and get ready for that. So um, we're we're excited. You know, regardless of total, we'll take the W. Thank you. And, and when it comes down to um, gaining weight and getting weight back on, we have to go through the holidays, and I don't think it should be. That's probably the best best time. And if Ray's like the rest of the world, you know, he'll be right back up there, I believe. Um, let's. I'm just scrolling myself. Move on to the women's. And yes, um, huge upset, huge surprise. Henry Connor won the 47 kilo. <laughs> uh, no, but um, yeah, I, and I say this like she was a heavy favorite. Yeah, the 47s did the job and did a good account of themselves. But Heather is just an absolute beast out there. She went nine for nine, yeah. had uh, 993 total. When Heather is goes 393, to, 393. Sorry, nope, did I say 993? Let me <laughs> again. Don't ruin a good story with facts. Get there, Matt. Um, but um, uh, a 993 total. And if we're completely honest, when Heather goes nine for nine, 
and has a day like she's had. She's the yeah. best in the world. And it's not just, that's why I say it's nothing to, to these other women in the 47s. There's no one in the world who's going to take Heather and knock her off that throne. I mean, uh, Mallory Brown, Leah, I don't want to butcher her last name. Do you, can you say her last name? Leah? Yeah, it's, it's De- Dekasari, I believe. Dekasari. Um, phenomenal lifters in their own right, taking uh, a silver and a bronze medal. In the U.S. Raw Nationals, no less. And it's, it's definitely the toughest Nationals to take any medals. But um, Heather's kind of just on her own world here. Yeah, for sure. And she had an American record in the deadlift there. Uh, and I think was was a little bit under her squat PB. Uh, but I think, and I think that might be, yeah, that's an American record deadlift and an American record total. So pretty exciting for her. I mean, she lifted like a champ and like a pro. And so, you know, presumably, uh, you know, she'll be going back to Belarus and trying to, trying to repeat there. And also the SBD Invitational. Uh, we don't know. Yes. She's winning the worlds. We don't know, uh, at the point of this recording, who's in the women's roster. We'll touch up on the men's before we go, but, um, we can, she won the world, so we know she's gonna. She punched her ticket in Sweden, and um, and she's gonna be content. Um, looking at the 52s, and Marissa Inda, born in uh, 76. I absolutely love it when the Masters take it to take it out there. Show because powerlifting, man, last thing to go was strength, and you would never guess. You you would think Marissa Inda was born in 96. If you see, yeah. she's an absolutely phenomenal shape. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, she put together another, another stellar performance here, getting a 427 and a half kilo and, yep. um, at her body weight, winning with a 27 and a half spread from second place, a dominant win and uh, started hitting some PBs. I, I believe 190 is a personal best deadlift, if I'm not mistaken. It is. It's a PB deadlift and she was only two and a half kilos off her PB total. So she put together... A nice meet there. I mean, she she did well. You know, uh, uh, Tina Donishman didn't lift because she had a hip and a back injury, so she she pulled out, which opened the door for these other ladies. And um, I think we had mentioned that on the podcast that we were, you know, we were look. I think we were all picking Tina to come in second if she competed, but if she didn't, that that was going to open the door for these other ladies, you know. And 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 looking at the results here, a- Andrea Riley put together a nice total there, 400 kilos coming in second and then Andy Hernandez coming in third uh, close behind her at 395 but yeah I mean this was you know similar to the 47s we knew that this was going to be pretty much the Marisa Enda show look at Andy Hernandez was born in 97 yeah my friend uh Enda born in 76 I mean you powerlifting we take them all you know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. We, we, we take them all the, the spread it, it, look at um, I love the fact that Inda is just like, I, I'm, I'm not going off into that good night without a fight. Anybody wants my throne, you're going to take it for me. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think this is five national titles in a row for Inda. That sounds right. Yeah, I believe so. I mean, yeah. she's starting to run a bit of a dynasty here. And, oh, by the way, she's also won the world championships. Um, I mean, she's a legend in the game, and that's no, uh, that, that's not boasting there. And Hernandez is, or no exaggeration, it is boasting for sure. Hernandez, though, at born in 97, already just shy of 400 kilo. I mean, the future, man, you know, how quickly the rate of adaptation when you're at that age, um, we've got some battles to come, but Marissa Ana punching her ticket to, to see her once again in Belarus, put on a performance last time, let's see what she does in uh, 2020. I'm not sure if she, I haven't heard her confirm she's going to Belarus, but one can only hope, because the World Championships is always more lively when Marissa Ana is in there. She's a perennial contender. 
She's always grabbing medals. She's oh, for sure. Medals. And, and, and that's where she away. won her world championship was in Belarus. Well, there you so go. So <laughs> there, there might be a little bit of nostalgia there and going back to uh, the scene of her of her victory. Speaking of, okay. So moving to 57s, um, we both picked. Chrissy Maxi outfit. We'll do the virtual fist bump here, my man. There, okay. there we go. There we go. <laughs> there it is. Um, Chrissy Max Power taking yeah. the US 57 kilo title and doing with a 442.5 kilo total. Uh, a nice jump up from her previous personal best. I'd anticipated that. Um, she's part of, uh, like, she's got some great coaching behind her. Um, yep. her the gentleman's name escapes me. You're it's Eric, Eric Bodhorn from TSA. That's right. Um, I knew he's from TSA, and yep. um, yeah. Sh- so initially, she missed her opening squat, um, and then uh, a little bit of uh, Brittany also missed her opening squat, and those two obviously finished gold and silver. But those are co- some of the middle favorites coming in. So it was one of those shakeups. Oh my gosh, are we going to see upsets happening when some of the favorites start missing some squats? No, that turned out to be the only lift Chrissy missed. And um, had a fairly comfortable 57 kilo showing, taking that gold medal. I mean, she was 10 kilo ahead, which when you're talking about that, uh, that's that's a decent spread. That's fairly comfortable, especially yep. when your opposition needs you to miss again. Um, and she just, after writing the shit, never missed and, and sealed the deal with the 57s. Yeah, she she just missed her opener on depth. I believe that was a two to one call. Uh, and after that, she was a perfect eight for eight. You know, uh, you know. Uh, to your version there, she always uh, she stayed in the pocket. She could just continue to execute, and uh, I, I could not be any more excited for for uh, Chrissy. I mean, she kind of popped on the scene there, at least on the national scene in Orlando in 2017. And I remember that I was the technical controller. Uh, that's the guy who stands at the chalk box for her session. And I remember kind of meeting her in the warm up room and meeting her in that way. And uh, and kind of pointing her toward TSA after that. She was looking for some more. Uh, yeah, intentional, deliberate coaching, if you will, and so kind of uh, linking her up with TSA, man, and, and and now this has kind of been you know three years in the making. So it's really, really exciting. I'm excited for her. I'm excited for TSA for her coach Eric Bodhorn. Uh, we 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 shared some happy hugs and tears of joy there in the warm up room. So and and I can I can guarantee you that she's going to Belarus. There's, I, there's no way she's going to say no. I love seeing also like because she's Chrissy Max Power and when she deadlifts before every lift does the power up and now yep. it's like and it's not in, like obviously it's intentional but she's not doing it to be a little extra as everyone says. That's how she sets up. Is she yep. literally looks like one of those anime characters who powers up and then drops down and smashes that dead um, yep. and, and smash her way right to the 57 kilo title super excited to see her lift in Belarus see what she can do at the world stage because her rate of adaptation and she's putting on a lot of kilos onto her total and we got oh, yeah. time we got some serious time between here and next June I mean she could be a whole another lifter by that uh, no we will get ahead of ourselves we'll leave that for another preview show but um, yeah so Brittany Suplicki taking the, the silver, uh, Melissa Barber taking the bronze, Miranda Chambers born in 2000, coming in in fourth place, and then uh, Kimberly Johnson, I mean this is a pretty stacked class, these women are fairly closely contested, silver was 432 and a half, then we had 422 and a half, and 420, 417 and a half, we're talking two and a half kilo differences, that's the lowest increment while and less body weight you can have between these spacings. I mean, these ladies are neck and neck and neck. Very competitive field. 
Yeah, we have mentioned, you know, I'd mentioned on the previous show that Melissa Barber, you know, being the American record holder there on the deadlift would have a shot, um, but that she was going to have to be a little bit more consistent, you know, in order to, to knock off Chrissy. And so you see, you know, and look, when you just, you know, the score sheets don't tell the entire story, obviously, but also sometimes they do. And sometimes in this case, you know, you go ahead and you look at this and, and, and Chrissy made eight lifts and, and Melissa only made um, five. And so when you when you have that, you know, even if you are the best deadlifter, you have to put yourself in a position where you can be within striking distance and not have to kind of YOLO on that third one. So so Melissa, you know, as it stands, came in third and Brittany, you know, like you said, took second. Yeah. yeah and, and it shows a little bit of I mean, there's going to be some battles in the future with these ladies. For uh, sure. So looking at the 63 kilo class. And um, I'm, I'm about to eat a little bit of crow here, aren't I? <laughs> I'm about to eat a little crow here, aren't I, young fella? Coming yes, into sir. this, I had picks, uh, Megan Scanlon to take it. But I picked, look, it, if I could save a little bit of face before while I eat my crow, okay? <laughs> I picked the podium right. And it wasn't like I was saying, like, um, anybody, like, I say it was close. I saying this was the class to watch. And there's a reason why I'm saying that, because all three of these young ladies who took one, two, and three are all world-class. They had all either broken world records and been the greatest in those single events or been a world champion. Oh, and by the way, been best lifter at the Worlds, of course, Belarus, and I'm talking about Jennifer Milliken. And um, so it was a tight one to pick, and you got to make your picks. And I picked Megan Scanlon, then Sam, then Jen. Now, Sam was quick to let me know, are you, are you, are you picked wrong? You picked wrong. <laughs> and she, 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 she wasn't going to let that fly. And you know what? I love it because, because uh, she is that scrappy type. And, I, and, I, and that's what, like, it's part of the reason why people love uh, Sam Calhoun. Because she's got that scrappy, fire in the belly type. You, you, you pick against her, chips are down, and, and it's, it's you're only feeding the fire. You're, you're not putting up the flames. You're fanning the flames. And um, and uh, and I, I guess I'm taking credit for her. No, I'm just <laughs> no. Uh, also, like honestly, credit is where credit is due. The young lady goes nine for nine, takes a, a five eleven kilo total, which anyone watching is an unofficial world record. And um, you did once again, surprise, surprise, an excellent job with Sam Calhoun. You guys, uh, you guys with Sam, like you get the best out of out of her every single each and every single time. Um, nine for nine day when 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 the competition's this tight. That's it. That's how championships are won. And and, and let me say something as well. Five um, eleven by Sam Calhoun. Some of her lifts, she's got some kilos. You know, I mean, I, I'm not like like you know, just do what you need to win. You'd be foolish to have to have loaded more. You got a world a unofficial world record total. I'm not saying you should have went heavier because that's silly talk. I'm just saying, looking to the future, oh, shit. Now, we got ourselves a battle. Again, I'm not going to start previewing Belarus a freaking year in advance. But right. I'm saying, my God, you got to be a little bit excited when you see a, a 5-11 happen. Oh, we're thrilled. I mean, this is, yeah. I mean, we talk about signature performances. And so you look back at signature performances by various lifters and you look back at, at, a, at a Brett Gibbs, you know, at 83 kilos in, in Canada, 
you know, Calgary, that being his signature performance. And then you've got uh, a Russell Orhi at 83 kilos this, this past year uh, in Sweden as his signature performance, along with a Taylor Atwood at 74. You know, you look at these signature performances, these moments when these lifters execute at just an absolute pristine level with, with, with just laser precision. And that's what you get when you had Sam Calhoun at, a, at 2019 Royal Nationals. It was just amazing. Um, the squat, you know, was 177 and a half. That was a five kilo PB, you know, and we were projecting her going possibly uh, up to 180. And if you saw the 177 and a half, you said to yourself, aha, she probably had two and a half more. But also, again, in the heat of battle, you're also thinking, or at least I'm thinking as a coach, we want to save her back uh, for the deadlift. And so, you know, hey, you know, when you miss a third squat, there's a high correlation between uh, either a reduced third pull or a missed third pull. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to, we knew that we were bank, banking on her deadlift. And so we called for 177 and a half and she went out and executed like a pro. And like I said, that was a five kilo PB for her. Uh, her bench was a personal best by two and a half. And her deadlift was also a personal best. And to your point, you know, so at the end there, kind of our rationale I mean, we had it locked up pretty much with her second deadlift there. The second deadlift secured the W. We realized that they weren't coming after us. They really weren't at that point, you know, Scanlon and Milliken within striking distance. Um, And so the conversation in the back heading into Sam's third deadlift was like, look, there's really only two numbers to take here. We can take you up just a sliver, just a little bit for your third pull um, to to break the American record total, which was 500.5. We can go for the, the whole enchilada here, you know, uh, uh, shoot for the moon and go ahead and get you, you know, an unofficial uh, world record, an unofficial, I'm you so know, in, in both the deadlift and the total. Dude, and so, uh, look, at, I, if, if I can just say something real quick here, Gary, if yeah. anyone knows Sam Calhoun, who is, who's a fighter, very distraught, she comes in, a silver medal at the world championships is a dream for 99.9% of the world in any world championship, for Sam Calhoun, who expects nothing but the best, it's heartbreaking. So for her, this is a redemption story where you pose that to her, and I'm glad you did, my friend. You're gonna be quick with the numbers and you know all the records, etc. You could say, love, this is a signature performance, and you can right the wrong in Sweden and best the total that would have been the gold medal. Here it is. Here's your redo. Here it is, and it's and it's an excellent field that you're going up against as well. Probably the thick, thickest division, deepest in terms of talent pool, I think by far. I mean, this is a three-way battle for gold, not a one-way battle, not a battle yep. for so three-way battle for gold. Uh, a great opportunity, and for obviously this is Sam Calhoun. She's going to say, "My man," like she always says, "Load the bar." Yep, load the bar, and here we are. And, and yeah, so it was, it was a beautiful performance. Yeah, it was it was her signature performance, and 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 she did say load the bar, and she pulled it, and uh, you know I think she had a little bit of room to spare, and of course this was an unofficial world record for her, and um and it was it, it was just a good time. I mean it was just it, she's such a joy to coach because we have the utmost confidence in her uh, that she's going to go out and execute, and she has the utmost confidence in us that we're going to get the right weight on the bar, and fortunately we did, and she makes us look good, and so you know it kind of. Um, I called this one correctly because I said that 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 Scanlon would be in the lead at subtotal, Milliken would be in the middle, and Calhoun would be in, in third place at subtotal, and it was. And then I told everybody, I said, look, it's going to flip. 
I said Milliken's going to stay right in the middle, but I said, you know, Scanlon and Calhoun are essentially going to change places, and that's what happened. And, and look, let's give credit to those two ladies as well. They lifted well. Um, you know, I know that Megan probably didn't have the day that she wanted, but um, but she, you know, she put the pressure on us there at subtotal to, to pick up the slack. And Milliken, I mean, again, Milliken's another one who goes out and let, executes let, well. Let, let me I throw mean, that. Let me. I, I have to. I got to nine, eat my crow. Her too, right? I got to eat my crow, my man. Let me jump in. If we're talking Jennifer Milliken, um, <laughs> she let me know that that I that I had picked wrong. She uh, she posted. Uh, you know the hashtags to keep sleeping podcasters. People, <laughs> people are tagging King of the Lips. And, um, great. She wrote a blog, and the blog said, um, the podcast previews got me salty. And she said, my man Matt, she, she said, my man Matt Gary had me. He had it right, just like you had said. And I knew it was me. Obviously, everybody knew. She didn't say me, but everyone knew, like, oh damn, she's upset. But yeah, I picked wrong, man. She put, we're talking nine for nine. She went nine for nine, posted up uh, four two, uh, 492.5 kilo total, um, took a bow, and it was, I mean, this is this is the toughest division to compete in. She's taking a silver medal, and she may have, we'll see, may have also solidified herself to go to Belarus. Um, yeah, I, believe, I believe so. She'll, she'll uh, yeah, I, I, we haven't crunched all the data, or at least I haven't yet. Um, but I know the national, some of the national team coaches have. But she's undoubtedly going to be, um, you know, because Danielle Mello didn't compete at 84, which we're going to get to in a second, um, the, the highest alternate. And if she's not the highest, she's, you know, one of the top two. So. And, 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 and historically speaking, man, remind me, um, does Belarus treat her right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bel- yeah. Belarus treated her really well. That's where she won her her national championship in 2017. So and um, best lifter of all, she was champion of champions. In oh, she's phenomenal. And this yeah. is also look to anybody who's listening to this podcast. Jennifer Milliken, to my knowledge, yeah, I'm thinking she did not hit a personal best in any individual lifts, but she hit a PB total. And so I think she was maybe 0.5 kilos under her squat. I think she may have tied her personal best on her bench. Um, her deadlift might have been two and a half under, but she did hit a PB total. And again, as we always say, this is a competition for total. And so, you know, when you put together these these nine for nine days and string together a lot of attempts, that's the surefire way, or I should say, usually the 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 the, the most righteous way to go about you know hitting a PB total is to string together more lifts. That's why Bryce Lewis is, is difficulties to beat. He yeah. earned that nickname, Mister Mister Consistency. He's consistent through all three events because he's good at all three, and he consistently goes, if not always nine for nine. He's up there in terms of getting the getting the list, getting the most out of himself. Hitting a even though he didn't go nine for nine, he still hit a personal best total. That's in the end of the day, you just need your best showing to win. He is consistent. Jennifer Milliken consistent, and now she reached she reached the silver medal. Um, Talking about Megan Scanlon. Yeah, she had a bit of a rough day. She went five for nine. That wasn't the plan. But I'd seen some stuff she posted on social media, and she said, look at every like you said, everybody's got a story going into this. She came yep. in, she came in injured. Um, she was expecting it's gonna be rough, and I'm gonna load the bar as though I'm as though I'm okay because guess what? I have to. If I don't I, and I load the bar less, um, I could go nine for nine, I'm in bronze, or I can load the bar heavier. Miss lifts and still get a bronze, but I'm going to swing for silver, swing for gold. And when it comes to these ladies who are champions in the heart, they're going to swing that bat. You know, they're going to yeah. swing that bat. 
I will rather strike out and fall on my face while attempting to hit that home run. I'm not hitting to get on base. I'm swinging right. the bat. So all the power to them, man. All three of these ladies. I said it on the podcast, and I'll say it again. All three of these ladies, if they haven't won Worlds, and two to three haven't won Worlds, they've broken World Records and are capable of doing so. And I would be shocked if when all is said and done, we look at this period of time, this era, all three of these ladies will have an IPF World title to them. I agree. And I hope... I backtracked enough for uh, Sam and Jen to start talking to me again. <laughs> I'm going to have to go read Milliken's blog post. because Oh, that, it's, so. oh she sprinkled some salt on my wounds, sir. Yeah. And she big up you. She big up you. But um, it is actually, you know what, I'll, I'll give more props. It's pretty well written. I actually like how she, uh, I'm not a huge blog guy. I'm into like podcasts and whatnot. She can write, yeah. she can spin a good story. Like she gives you... Um, there's another skill, but it actually, if anyone listening, it's a pretty. I'm gonna start reading her shit in the future as well. Um, yeah, Jen- Jennifer has a really good perspective on on competition and what it you know what it means to be a mother and kind of balance the two and you know being an elite level competitor. And so, yeah, I have a lot of respect for her and her coach Wade Johnson, and I just love the two of them to death. So yeah, you know. I, I, I selfishly hope that she does make the team as an alternate. You know, Belarus is a long way away. It's expensive, yada, yada, yada. You know, um, I would suspect that not every single person that won will say yes. So we'll see. But, um, yeah, and quickly, we've had her on the podcast, uh, Jennifer Milliken, and we're going to have her on again, and I'll probably have to eat cr- a little bit more crow again. But that's, hey, what a tangled web we read. This is part of it, man. You want to you wanna, yeah. you wanna help push everybody forward, and part of that is the preview shows. People expect a preview show now it's part of the annual you know when the world comes around when u.s nationals comes around and part of it the reason why people like it and expect it so much is to hear the picks and you got to put yourself out there so i'm ready to eat my crow and do my part and, and but um we will talk about when we have her on and for anyone who had her the first time she's on the podcast this lady works full-time obviously a mother and a wife and trains and won world titles, um, several time world champion and champion of champions gets up at like four o'clock in the morning to smash weights and train at four o'clock in the morning when you were just coming home from the bar and then <laughs> then go home and, and get the kids ready for, for school and whatnot and then get ready and go for work herself, then come home, get the kids dinner and then the whole night and do and do the wife thing and like in terms of like Stress and excuses, you know, she should have. And instead, paints together a nine for nine day and uh, and rubs a little salt in her boy's six packs wounds. But that's okay. That's okay. I deserve it. And God bless. If it's coming from her, I'll take it. Uh, Lovely. So moving on to the 72s, my friend. Um, You had mentioned before. So we both picked Chloe Dublin. and And Chloe Dublin... She won and pieced together uh, an eight for nine day, only missing her last lift. It wasn't without a smidgen of a, a smidgen of controversy. Her total dropped um, because like five, she finished off five ten and um, was eight for nine. And her total previously was best, I believe, was five nineteen. Twenty years old. We had, I had suspected, anyways. I won't put words in your mouth, but I suspected probably five nineteen would go up when you're twenty years old and smashing weights. And um, she had suspected that as well. At the very least, hold course, even if it didn't go up a single kilo, 519, we'd suspected with no improvements would be enough. Didn't expect it to roll back almost 10 kilo on her, and neither did she. And um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, talking out of school, 
Um, you know, I'm, everybody's got a story. There's just some stories around that. I think she might have been, there's a bit of a weight cut last minute, and she was like, oh, shit, wasn't expecting this, is what it is. Some of these other ladies probably had some stories as well, um, so I don't want to dwell on that. But uh, Jasmine Penn, who had, in Sweden, Ruffco Juniors in 63-kilo class, was a heavy favorite to win that, um, got called on squats, and some people yeah. were, were, again, you know, it's, it's like the strike zone changes. In any sport, there's always going to be controversy. Sometimes it calls. Um, I don't extremely recollect if the squats were in there or not or whatever. I don't dwell on that. I can't super remember. I've called so many sessions. But I remember um, she pulled herself together like a champ, still had a good day in Sweden, but wanted a bit of a redemption. And this poor lady can't get away from these, this controversy because, as luck would have it, she had the winning deadlift in her hands. Um, it would have sealed up the U.S. title. And punched her ticket to Belarus in the open. Now I'm looking at her age and yeah, she, she's uh, also a junior. Okay, so, so she still could go to Belarus, but yeah, yeah, she, she yeah. So that you know that's assuming, of course, uh, that, that Chloe accepts the open slot, which we all think she will. Yeah, yeah. But um, so all is not lost. Okay, she she Penn still gets a silver medal. Still conceivably can go to Belarus. It'll be as a junior, and hey, maybe she gets a junior title. She she won it in Sweden. And, um, and it gets some momentum on her side at her age. Again, it's hard to imagine she's not going to pick up tons of national titles, world titles. I mean, she's a phenom. But it is tough when you're a young lady born in 96, as young as she is, to have back-to-back calls like that. Um, I feel for her. It's not, it, this is sports, it's character building, it's character revealing. And this doesn't say, look, Chloe Dublin, for anybody online who's, you can't take any swings at Chloe because Chloe's a woman who in Sweden also had the gold all but locked up. And then uh, Ida Ron from, uh, I believe, she's from Sweden. Or she's Norway, from Sweden, but, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, ends up, Hail Mary pass with her last deadlift, hits it, and takes that gold because I think she missed her second, um, if I'm not mixing up my sessions here. And then Chloe, heartbroken. I mean, I was commentating for that, and I thought, wow, I think Chloe's got it. I think she, there's your world champion there should be. Chloe was the first lady on the side of the platform to congratulate Ida, despite what had to have been a tough situation. So, I mean, in terms of character, you know, both these ladies, you know, nobody can take, no, like, take any shots at either one of them. It is what it is. This is what kind of happens in sport. It, was it a controversial call? Sure. Um, it was a tough yeah. call? Sure. And, and, and it's it was a call that obviously ended up splitting the difference between the two of them. Yeah, it was it was uh, Jasmine's third deadlift at 215 kilos, so she hit 202 comfortably on her second attempt and went up to 215. And I think that that was a number that her uh, she and her actually uh, I believe Michael C is her boyfriend, so Michael was coaching her if I'm not mistaken there, and they put in 215 and she. She went out and she stood up with it, but she got turned down two to one. I believe she got called for soft knees, and perhaps they thought her shoulders were back. Um, I looked at the, again, as I said at the beginning of the podcast when we were talking about the depth calls with Russ. Um, you know, uh, referees have the best seats in the house. Um, I thought that that uh, Russell's first two squats were high. That's what he got called on, and then he came back, and I thought his third one was good. I thought. Jasmine's third deadlift was good. Um, it looked good to me. But again, I'm not sitting in the referee's chair. Sometimes you can't see how the knees are. You can't quite see the shoulders from where I'm standing, et cetera, et cetera. So you have to assume 
they're obviously seeing something that I'm not and that the rest of us aren't. Uh, but her, her third deadlift did look good. Um, and it got turned down and that's no disrespect to Chloe. Um, love, love Chloe. I've worked with her before. Congratulations to her. She's the open national champion. Um, but to your point, let's hope that both of these ladies can go to Belarus and come home with gold medals around their neck. Look, they, they're a hell of a one-two punch. I mean, yes. Chloe, sure. Dublin, Chloe Dublin on her best day at only 20 years old, by the time Belarus rolls around, June rolls around, whatever happened at her total dropped, if instead, if she reverses the course and, yep. and works off of 519, you can conceivably see where 10, 15, 20 kilo can be added in, in almost a year's time. Guess what? That's a winning number. Uh, I'm not getting ahead of myself here. Their third 72 kilo is stacked. Kimberly Look. Walford will not go away. Um, do not count on her. Like she, people have been counting on her to start slipping for forever. She's not going nowhere. Jessica Bittner. Um, I mean, I mean, the list goes on and on. We, we could do the whole rundown, obviously. But uh, and Isabella von Weisenberg, Anna Castellane, who just unofficially broke the world record um, as well. So now she's, you know, yeah, you have a battle. Who's queen? I mean, it's gonna be Kimberly, but. Anyways, this is, the, this is a debate for another day, but the 7-2 is uber stacked. I'm not looking past anybody, and I'm choosing my words wisely because Jennifer Milliken is Sam Calhoun and me rethinking everything I say. But, um, but yeah, I mean, Chloe Dublin and, and Jasmine Penn, um, as teammates, as opposed to, um, you know, opposition, together in Belarus is an amazing one-two punch for Team USA. Um, they could easily rack up, you know, medals coming home. And uh, look, at they're both young. They're going to clash again for a national title. They're going to clash. They, these guys are going to clash over and over and over. You know how many times some of these tennis stars have seen each other at the finals of some of those tournaments? That's what's going to happen between these two. So don't worry about, uh, you know, being able to right wrongs. These girls are young as hell. They're going to be lifting. Look, Kimberly Walford's in her 40s, and these girls are just entering their 20s. They're going to clash a dozen more times. Let's see how it pans out. I'm sure the records will, will uh, you know, the record books will be shifted back and forth. Um, also, uh, Salami uh, from New Jersey, and she finished off with a 467.5 and uh, taking the bronze medal five kilo ahead of the fourth place finish. So there was near the end, I mean, it, it's going to be a bit of a battle for the podium, but definitely the two top ladies in the 72 kilo is where the real battle was at. And you know what? I, I wasn't expecting a battle quite like that. And again, I got a little crow on my face. And, and Penn made sure because Penn was moving up from 63, a junior, so, so was Chloe. But I didn't think, you, I thought it might take a little more time. And um, because she was 63 in June. And I mean, that's a big, from 63 to 72, that's almost 10 kilo. I didn't, I didn't expect her to adapt that quickly already in October. Well, guess what? <laughs> right? Expect the unexpected sometimes, my friend. Um, having said that, no surprise in terms of surprises. No surprises whatsoever in the 84 kilo class. Um, once, once Mello had pulled out and decided uh, I'm not going to be lifting. Um, Amanda Lawrence even running at for her half speed, and yep. uh, I know she she wasn't 100. Uh, percent She probably breathed a bit of a sigh of relief that Mello didn't show because it's like oh my god, Sweden. It took these young ladies in Sweden push each other to the absolute limit, and um, neither one of them were going to be 100. percent Obviously, Mello. Too sick to show, and Lawrence was like, "Well, I'm not gonna argue you into this." <laughs> well, all right, and then um, ended up solidifying the 84 kilo class, and uh, we have uh, yeah, Catherine Ducati came in second, 
And Ayla Thurston came in third. Uh, that's I, I remember that I, that. I believe that's the way that I called that as well. Assuming we, you know, assuming that Mello didn't show, I had those ladies going one, two, three. Amanda, of course, uh, tied her PB that she hit in Sweden with the six thirteen kilo total. Um, Catherine did exceptionally well. I mean, going nine for nine. I expected some big things out of her based on her training. And if you haven't watched Ayla Thurston's third deadlift, do yourself a favor. Go back and watch the live stream. Uh, her third deadlift there was absolutely epic. You were talking about an 11-second pull from floor to lockout. And so if you if you like third deadlift grinds for a PB and then epic celebration afterwards, uh, that's the video that you want to watch. So so credit to her. She won the she was she was she lifted in Sweden. Ayla did. She's out of Connecticut. She lifted in Sweden. I believe you may have called that se session. And just you're talking about a polished professional there. Um, she looks like she's been there before. And so uh, yeah. So her third deadlift was pretty epic. That was a lot of fun to watch. So congratulations to all three of them. And it, should, we, it is funny we say like Amanda had quote unquote off day when it's six thirteen time yeah. world record total for her. That's an off day. I mean that's the type of. Right. Phenomenal talent we're talking. Uh, six it's, for nine. It's, I mean, it's, it's a yeah. phenomenal show. And it's, it's scary to think of what the of the potential for a total for Amanda when she does come in and make all nine lifts and and the weight cut and the other some of the things that you know she's got going on behind the scenes that we may not be privy to. You know, when she when again. Look, you want to see a signature performance out of all of these people. Calhoun did it, you know what I mean? You know, and, and these other lifters do it at, at, at their own particular times. You want to see that from Amanda Lawrence, and, mm -hmm. and you want to see what she's capable of. You know, presumably could knock that total and punch it up higher to, you know, 640 maybe, 635, somewhere in that range. You know, there's a lot of, you know, things that you don't think are possible that these young women – you know, have, have gotten in the tank, and but when they make all nine lifts, it'd be exciting to see what they could do. Moving into the 84s, now Bonica Lowe, um, once again, cinching up the, the U.S. title, a 630 total, and uh, we had, we, we, we were promising a battle in terms of the, uh, in terms of the podium, we got one. Now, Sarah Brenner, uh, another phenomenal, huge deadlift, she had actually called me out saying, hey, Show the 84 plus is a little more love in the preview show. I yeah. got you. I got you. Um, she's like, trust me, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be entertaining. I think you should, you should spend a little more time on it. Um, so, frankly, I, I posted a couple a couple lists on King of Lifts saying, take a look at Sarah Brenner, uh, a massive deadlifter. And also, take a look at Reeves. Born in 2003. You heard me right. She's 15, 15. or 15. 1 5. She's not 16 yet. 15 years old. Um, unbelievable. <laughs> One sixty-seven and a half kilo bench press. What is that in pounds, my friend? Three sixty-nine. Three hundred and sixty-nine pound bench press. Fifteen-year-old woman, young woman, fifteen. It's... I mean, last fifteen, <laughs> I wouldn't say man. I'd be a boy. But um, I mean, it's crazy. When she's talk about the future, talk about the future. I mean, it, the eighty-four plus is. We're gonna see some battles coming. Bon Bonica Brown. Historically speaking, I mean, she's a dominant lifter. She would win. She would win the World Games. She would win World of Quick. She would win World Raw. She was, you know, the trifecta champion. She held the titles. She, she was just, she would win on, on, on her worst day. But yeah. when you start seeing people like Pauline, like Brenner, and girls like Reese who are 15 coming out doing what they're doing. And this year, um, 631 at the 612 and a half, taking uh, silver and bronze, 
And of course, so, I mean, we're, we're getting close, man. We're starting yeah. to look at it. The, the spread you can see we see look at the woman is 15 years old look at Reeves next year at 16 tender age of 16 what is she doing at 20 which is super young for our sport we got a man who's 60 years old leading the charge in squats at 20 years old this lady's I'm going to be dead 150 years by the time she hits her prime I mean it's, <laughs> it's, it's crazy what she might be capable of so yeah the 84 pluses is, is starting to heat up and by the time Belarus rolls around, by the time next national rolls around, we're going to have all types of battles. I don't know what anybody's going to do if this young lady shows up in Belarus. Are they going to give her a gold medal when she steps off the plane? She's going against teenagers. Yeah, it's amazing. It's it's unbelievable. Uh, I, yeah, this class, uh, you know, again, held true to form. We, we, we all picked, you know, Bonica to, to take the gold there. Sarah having that, you know, unofficial world. I mean, she is the world record holder in the deadlift. The 260 kilo, I mean, she put together quite possibly her signature performance, Sarah Brenner, going nine for nine, lifting exceptionally well. And and I told you that she was going to have, you know, the 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 deadlift to, to, to go into second place there in her hands if she needed it. And that's what she took. You know, she took 260, which is uh, to unofficially break her own world record pull at 257 and a half. And so she did that to take second over the 15-year-old. And, and as you said, there aren't enough superlatives to, to throw Mahalia's way. Congratulations to her, man. She put the whole world on notice uh, that, you know, a, a, anything is possible. And she's out there 15 years young and, and having fun and just uh, just incredible. Yeah, Brenner, in terms of how neck and neck her reads were, it was a battle rate to the last day. Yeah. Um, it, which is, like, as exciting as it gets. But when it comes to being neck and neck like that, and I think I believe we had said it in terms of the preview show. I'm always going to lean towards the big. Of course. Puller. And when you're talking about leaning towards the big puller, she is the world record holder. And look at Reeves push her to the point where I get it. You're the world record holder. You're going to have to load the bar with something you even you, the world record holder, have never pulled before. You have to yep. load the bar. Historically speaking, we've never seen an 84 plus pull. Reeves did her job. But guess oh, what? Yeah. But guess what? Brenner did, Brenner did a did equally match, you know, literally time on total in, in an excellent battle. And Brenner, yeah, you 100% right. It was exciting, I got to admit. Um, and, and it's exciting to look towards the future. Yeah, I mean, when you actually, yeah, when you look at the scores, so they squatted the same, and then Mahalia outbenched Sarah by 60 kilos, and then Sarah outpulled uh, Mahalia by 62, which is just incredible how it, you know, it flips. And obviously, you know, the ultimate ace card to have up your sleeve is the deadlift because you're doing it last and that sort of thing. Uh, Mahalia missed her third squad. I don't quite recall why she missed that. I don't know if that was a depth call or if it was a strength issue. Um, uh, I'm going to take a leap of faith here and assume that that was a strength issue. Um, but anyhow, uh, yeah, I mean, if she, you know, makes up the two lifts, then we're not having this conversation. But, you know, that's 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 what creates the sports theater, if you will, and it was very exciting. And, and it should be noted, so um, Bonica, who, who has been probably longing for some competition, because here's the thing, in sports, nobody, it's, it's, you can't sell an NBA game when people know it's going to be a blow-up by 50 points. Nobody's right. buying those tickets. Sorry, no. uh, you got to be the most diehard of diehard fans. It's uh, football. I, people are leaving in terms of any sport. People are leaving the last quarter if it's a blowout. You know what? I'm just going to get out of here trying to beat traffic. Thank you very much. Sports need competitiveness. It's just like I'll go back to the poll that Jen Milliken posted up. Do you want to see records or do you want to see showdowns? 
Sports are about showdowns. We don't care about just straight up. We're not. I shouldn't say we don't care about straight up records, but it's not the same. We need competitiveness. The reason why '84s, historically speaking, weren't as entertaining and people weren't as excited is because they didn't feel like the competitiveness was there. Uh, Bonica, who it's no fault of her, it's just running a dynasty, but for a long extent was jogging in her own lane. Now we have some competition coming up, and these young ladies are doing some phenomenal, phenomenal lifting. We have some battles coming up for for the podium finishes, and I should draw attention: two fifty-seven and a half by Brown today, and Reeves was attempting two fifty-five. She's fifteen. Yeah. Once again, fifteen. When she's sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, which is just next year, next year, and she's still a kid. When we're talking next year, the year beyond, she's going for two fifty-five and her thirds. I mean, Brenner had a battle. Pretty soon, Brown's going to have a battle. You know, yeah. the eighty fours is going to get exciting, and, I, and I'm yeah. happy for it. And I'm happy for it. I'll be all over. For sure. So, look, this this thing has been running. We've been we've been we've been <laughs> speaking of running and jogging. We've been running our mouth for a little over two hours here. But look, we had a dude. This was a, this was a phenomenal U.S. Raw Nationals 2019. The battles lived up. We had tons of storylines going in. Tons of storylines coming out. And a lot of reason to be excited to the SBD Invitational and, and hopefully Belarus. We'll see who accepts the invitation. Um, I had promised, uh, oh, sorry, best lifter was Taylor Atwood and uh, Amanda Lawrence. Correct. Um, if, if you're, if you're, and, and that, that's never more prevalent. Some people previously be like, well, don't worry about best lifter. It is what it is. It's, you're using formulas, et cetera. Well, no, because we're going into the SBD Invitational. We're not doing the preview show yet. However, it's all based off IPF points, and this is a little bit of foreshadowing because both these guys are world champion, and they're going to the SBD Invitational. And um, I mean, we got some battles coming. Now we got a list. You pull up a list. We know as of recording today who yep. in the men's side is going to be lifted. My mm-hmm. friend, can you tell us that list? Do you have a yeah. up? I have, it, I have it pulled up right in front of me, um, and, I, and I'll just go ahead down the list uh, from from left to right. If you're looking on social media, for those listening out there, you can go to the SBD's Instagram, and it's their most recent post. So you have Taylor Atwood, uh, Tony Cliff from Great Britain, Brett Gibbs from New Zealand, Amar Kane, he's the world, re- uh, uh, world record holder in the 93 kilos in the squat. He's from Kazakhstan. Anatoly. Uh, I don't want to butcher his last name, but he's the 93 kilo world champion. Uh, Russell Orhe, Eli Burks, 105. Uh, David Coimbra, if you recall, from Brazil, who pushed Ellis McLean to the break there in Canada with that Hail Mary third deadlift. It, yeah, David is no sl- stranger to international competition. Uh, from, from Taipei, you've got Sung Ting Se, who's a longtime 66 kilo, sometimes 74, but major. 66 kilo competitor. You've got Clinton Lee, fantastic deadlifter. Charles Akpoko, uh, which I'm really excited to see that Charles is lifting because I, th- you know, I know that he's gotten into physical therapy and was going to take a break for a while. But I think this whole Sheffield thing uh, lured him out of this temporary retirement. And then, of course, rounding out the field, you've got Ray Williams. So, yeah, it's a. Uh, but- I mean, we, we had Taylor on who's like, I don't know how long I want to do this. Life's gets in the way. I got to make some money. And then yeah. obviously Charles is like, look, I got to finish schooling up. Got to start with, start with my career. Well, guess what? Powerlifting starting to turn into your side gig career. Powerlifting, you start making money. These guys are like, oh, damn. Uh, now, Charles didn't do nationals. So he's got, he's got an invite because he won worlds. 
But you yes. also did do nationals, so now he's like, oh, I kind of wish I showed up at nationals because I could punch my ticket for Worlds, punch my ticket for SBD Invitational. Now when people look at their calendar year, you're going to want to hit certain competitions because the end game, you're going to want to get the invite to this SBD Invitational. Who's kidding who? Mm-hmm. This is the Champion of Champions event where it's nothing but champions facing off against each other. And, um, and it's a murderer's row, and there's a lot of coin. The first year out, we're talking 300,000 US, 250 pounds for our friends from the UK, whatever currency you like to follow. It's a lot. Um, so, yeah, man, it's a, it's a, we got some battles coming. It's going to shake up some people's years, and I'm excited to see. It's very exciting. Um, it will be happening at the end of March, and it looks like, according to uh, what SBD has put out there, it looks like the men are actually going to lift first. They'll be lifting on Saturday, March 28th, and then to your point, they'll be releasing, looks like, the roster tomorrow for the ladies, uh, and they will be lifting on Sunday the 29th of, of, uh, of 2020. So this will happen after the Arnold Sports Festival, which is always traditionally the first weekend of March in Columbus, Ohio, USA. And, uh, you know, that, that brings into question some of these lifters obviously uh, will be confronted with the choice of also lifting at the Arnold. And I can't speak for uh, really any of them or all of them, but presumably you would think uh, that a lot of these lifters are going to say no thank you to the Arnold and, and, and go to the Sheffield. I mean, because, you know, who wants to peak twice within three weeks, um, you know, and, 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 and having that second peak, uh, you know, come at a, at, a, at a meet where you have to travel abroad, at least for some of these American lifters. I can, and only, so, I can only think of one. His name's Ashton Rushka. He does it every week. <laughs> yeah, right, the, the Ruska Invitational yeah. uh, every every weekend. Yeah, but it, it's look, it's going to be really exciting to see. Um, I talked to Peter Spence from SBD. He was at Raw Nationals, and I got to rub elbows with him and talk to him quite a bit in the warm up room. And I know that there's more out there that you know he wasn't yet willing to reveal that you know you had him on your podcast and and he 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 let the rope out a little bit, but didn't want to you know, tell you the entire uh, unveiling, so to speak. And so, yeah, I'm excited to see what the women's roster is going to look like and then um, all the other bells and whistles and accoutrements that SBD is going to throw out there. It's, these are exciting times, man. Yeah, it's going to start trickling out there. Um, that's probably the best way to do it if you want to build hype. Oh, don't, yeah, for sure. Don't give away the whole cow. Let them keep coming back for milk. Is that <laughs> yeah. it, right? Or something. Right like, am I butchering that? You see what I did there? Um, Anyways, uh, so in terms of the women's the following day, in terms of how the monetization, like for records, for first, second, third, it's all going to be slowly sprinkled out as we get closer and closer to the event. Um, But man, I freaking, I am extremely excited about it. I'm sure we're going to have Peter Spence back on here. Uh, I'm sure like we're obviously gonna have preview shows and, and all of the lifters who are who made the cut um, you know we're gonna be having invites to have them talk and their, their thoughts on it but that's March that's March hey. we're a little ways away we'll, we'll, we'll hold off but the news dropped and we'd be a little remiss if we didn't touch up on it a little bit um, but uh, so what we're going to just so everybody knows we'll have like in terms of storylines I left uh, US Raw Nationals have people on here uh, who won, you know, so even if you didn't win, like Nathan Alexander, who has some phenomenal stories, have them on here, have preview shows of the European Championship, um, recap shows, and have some of these, look at, I think we sleep on these Europeans, and Sweden was a bit of a wake-up call, I hope, for everybody. 
and uh, we can't sleep on them no more. So leading into the European Championship, a preview show, and have some of their champions leading into tell their story and talk. And then afterwards, recap show as well as some of those champions as well um, talking and then uh, leading into um, the SPD invitation. I would love to get Anatoly on here, but my man speaks not a lick of English. I tried to talk to him in the warm-up room, and he's as friendly as hell. I just pointed to my camera for a picture. He goes, yeah, yeah. I was like, Anatoly. And he heard his name. He looks up like, you speak English? And he just gave this, you know, uncomfortable <laughs> smile where he's like, ah. I'm like, don't worry, I pointed my phone picture. He goes, ah, thumbs up. So we're kind of doing the primitive sign language here. But I would love to get Anatoly. I mean, I got Jezza with an yeah. interpreter. I mean, you could, I pulled some magic here and there. I got a guy from Iran uh, who was the Asian world's strongest man because I found an interpreter. I will find an interpreter for these fellas eventually. Anybody listening, if you speak Ukrainian uh, and in good English, pop your hand up because we can need to make it happen. But um, as usual, do you have any party thoughts you want to give before we wrap this up? Is there anything we should throw out there? Um, I guess nothing other than just saying uh, congratulations to all the people who, you know, uh, pulled this off. It was the largest powerlifting meet in history, or certainly the largest one that I'm aware of. And this thing keeps growing and growing, and uh, it takes an army of people to pull off a, a national championships of this size, you know, and having it spread out over the course of five days and just, so hats off to the, to the meet directors, you know, which is essentially USAPL brass and, and all the officials and every single coach and every single competitor who came there and threw their hat into the arena. Um, you know, when you, when you, when you step in there and step on the platform and put it on the line, um, you know, I, I think we owe you some respect. And so I just appreciate competition. I love coaching against people. I love being there as just a supporter and somebody who loves the sport. And so I'm excited to see it continue to grow. And I'm excited to see this, you know, SBD Sheffield event take things to a higher level. I appreciate what they're doing. And these are just fun times, man, to be involved in this sport. 100%. I mean, yeah, I like that you shout Shout out to like everybody in the back in terms of like spotting, loading, officials yep. and judges and, and the meet directors and everybody who puts this together. Everyone stepped up to do commentary. That is a nerve-wracking thing, I can tell you. Um, For sure. I mean, it's it's easy to be on the sidelines and, and, and talk smack about any of these individuals when you see any flubs here and there, but it's it's not an easy gig. Um, none of them. None of them are easy gigs. You you do your job when nobody's got something to say when you're a spotter or a judge. How many times you got it right? And no one says nothing. Well, that's good. How many times people aren't sure about your call and it gets all this attention? Sometimes it's a thankless job. So, yeah, for sure, 100% thank you to everybody involved. And, and look at all the lifters. This is a – we're well over two hours here in terms of the show talking nothing about lifters who performed. And we're just scratching the surface in terms of lifters that, that showed up there. And you can see how we can't say everybody in every single story. Like there's some people with amazing stories and people like, you missed this guy. You missed this girl. Man, we'd be here all, we're over two hours already. We'd be yeah. here all damn day. But hats off to you when you showed up. It takes, uh, you know, an army to put something like this together, including the lifters and all the coaches and everybody who handled, who, uh, you know, don't get their name out there, but you did all that expert handling and something. And when it comes at this level, handling can win you championships. Because at this level, oftentimes, it is neck and neck and dead even. And it's that clutch decision who had the proper game plan leading in, who had the proper ability to adjust. Well, you got 60 seconds after your lift to make your call. You know, it's 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 a beautiful thing, man. It's a beautiful thing. So, um, and obviously, sir, thank you for coming on the preview show. 
Thank um, you for having me. I love being here. You did an excellent job in terms of predictions. How you knew, how you knew off of videos that Michael C.A. wasn't getting his electrolytes two weeks out. <laughs> how you knew that is insane. That is why you are the master. Michael C.A. He's got a Michael. I keep saying C.A. That's what Ricky Cho calls him. It's Michael C. By the way, Michael Michael C.'s got to contact you. Like, Where's my electrolytes at, man? How I look? Do I got the yeah. the glimmer in my eye? Because you knew something was off with this young man, but. Um, you did an amazing job. We got tons of messages before saying uh, it's going to be mad, right? Yeah, it's going to be mad. And afterwards being like, yes, it's here when I dropped it. It's here. You and Matt Geary. And then also messages being like, oh, you know, Matt picked right. You picked wrong. You picked right. Matt picked wrong. All the yeah, yeah. Talking and discussion. This is exactly when it comes to discussion. If it's sports, you're doing it right. We don't ever get personal. We don't ever get. But sports, yeah. it's that barbershop talk that, that we love. Who's the greatest? Who's going to be who? That's what sports talk is all about. If your sport doesn't have sports talk, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. You need to find the medium. You need to find the platform and start getting it going. Because the worst thing in the world is that people don't care. Yep. And that's what some people are like, I don't think our division got enough shine. If it doesn't look competitive and people don't care, you know how it feels. You want debate, but you got to be careful what you ask for. Because if you want people to care and you want shine and you want us to debate, we might be picking against you sometimes. It's hard. <laughs> but this is how you get debate and how you get people to care. You have Amen. to have competitiveness. You have to have picks. You have to have debates. And when you're the lifter and, or you're a fan of the lifter or whatever, it's it's a double-edged sword. Be careful what you wish for. Be careful right what you wish for. But anyways, my man, um, thank you as always for coming on. Uh, obviously, we're going to keep in touch. And we'll talk about all the future shows and all the rest of it. But uh, until then, my dear friend, thank you. Sounds like a plan. Thanks a lot. See you, buddy. All right. And uh, just another quick shout out to uh, FusionMuscle.com. Let me just cap it off uh, by sending you there. If you, I mean, I'm losing my voice here because we've been doing this for so long. And I got two or three other more podcasts tomorrow to do. However, FusionMuscle.com for all your supplements, creatine multivitamins, pre-workout, protein, um, whatever you want, they got KOTL25 for 25% off, and they drop it off at your house. Um, and yeah, we got more podcasts, man. The 74 Kilo Boys, the episode that got everybody all riled up, all of them are coming back, and they had a phenomenal showing. Um, it was one of my favorites to watch, and they're coming back. Dennis Cornelius, Jennifer Milliken's coming back so I can eat my crow. Um, I mean, we got tons, man. We're, we're booking people left, right, and center. If you got a storyline out of the U.S. Raw Nationals, we probably reached out. Oh, we're going to. We're going to. Give us a hot minute, though, because God knows it's a lot to cover. Hope you enjoyed the show. Um, I, mean, I love it. I love it. I love the previews. I love the posts. I love everything about it. And uh, I hope you guys love it, too. Until next time, six-pack lap it at. Peace.